Uh, hey, Mark. Oh. What, are, uh, what yeah. are you up to? Yeah, why are you mouthing all those noises? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Take my goggles off. Well, you know how I asked you guys to give me all of your physical dimensions and all of your memories? Yeah, that was well, weird. Yeah, it seemed yeah. normal. Mm-hmm. So I had mine ready to give you. Yeah, right I know. Away. You gave my, yours to me preemptively. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, I figured for the Eve um, 8 episode, to make it easier on you guys, you guys wouldn't even need to record it. I've built Eve 8-esque robots for all three of you guys. Oh, wow. Thank oh. God. It's about time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've and again, you keep asking me to build a robot of mm-hmm. you, and so I finally I, we got all this space in the studio that we only use for podcasting. So this sounds like we're that. being replaced with AI. Um, yeah, no, you're being replaced with something that seems much more complicated to make, but yet somehow seems worse, like less like um, useful than AI is actually. I better pull out my contract. Are yeah. we still gonna get paid if the robots do our work? I'm all for it. <laughs> Well, there seems to be a clear split in here. But why don't I just show you guys how useful this is? Okay. So let's start. I'll like fire up um, like Eve Bob or Beeve, as I've been calling him. Um, Bob uh, 3, in the style of Bob, create a pun in the, of the name of something from this movie. I would be happy to do that for you, Mark. Here is a pun for your enjoyment. The movie is called Eve. That is the joke, because okay. Eve is not the name of the movie. I made a joke. You guys should have seen Bob 2. It was much less exciting. I'm impressed. He's indistinguishable from Bob. Yeah, really. It's funnier, maybe. What? <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Come on. That, that joke was ridiculous. Yeah. You can't just replace me with a with a with a bot with a with an AI bot. It, am I, are my jokes that lame? Look at his legs too. My God, <laughs> I don't oh, think yeah, his I legs are that good. I here. have been doing squats. That's he doesn't have to impressive. eat or sleep or anything, so he spends a lot of the rest of the time on physical ac- activities and stuff. Yeah, all the versions of you guys are a lot more jacked, mm-hmm. um, as, as it should be. Yeah, <laughs> let's look at the um, Steve five point three. All right, I can't wait. Yeah, I couldn't come up with a better name for like the Eve version Steve, of Steve. Eve. Yeah, you had yeah. to go a lot through a lot more Steves than than mine for some reason. Yeah, just the, to get it right. Yeah, the, the and hard- fractions of them for some reason. Yeah, the hardest part was the glasses for some reason. Mm. Like I could never get the glasses right, and I had to throw the whole robot out. But yeah, is that why the point five is only half of a human body sitting up from the ground? Yeah, I figured once I I was like, why? Because I do start from the very tippy top, and then I work my way down. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, 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 and once I realized that the like glasses were wrong I'm like I'm not even gonna like that was I knew at Steve 3 that the glasses were wrong but I'm like maybe when I finish it it'll make more sense but no. we can talk after this but I want every single prototype you've got I can use them let me tell you <laughs> yeah all right well, I've got family the holidays are coming up yeah. <laughs> yeah well they're right in the dumpster out back oh, I didn't perfect. turn it I didn't turn <laughs> any of them off so oh, good they're so just, I'll yeah. them when I go get lunch yeah oh yeah I think you can kind of hear them once you open the mm-hmm. like yeah. back door. oh I thought I heard one that man's screaming. junk is another man yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Steve, so can you make a connection between this movie and something seemingly unconnected? Mm. Let's see if it succeeds in doing that. Okay, so that was the human Steve we just heard from. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I need to. He's very, like, he needs to get oiled. All his joints are real squeaky. Eve of destruction. 
has people in it. Armageddon has people in it. Yeah. Wow, okay. All right. I mean, that is basically what Steve does. I don't want to say it's wrong. It's just a it's, it's a leap. What an insightful comment. <laughs> Steve, are you crying? <laughs> it's just so beautiful. <laughs> you captured my je ne sais quoi so well, Mark. Yeah. yeah, I am teaching him French. So by Steve 7.2, he should be able to tell you what that is. Oh, I, I can't wait to send him to my job. <laughs> All right, and now for the rules of threes, we have also a robot for Mo. Oh, and I don't have any good name for. And I, I if I'm being perfectly honest, I had a real hard time with the Steve. So this is only the first Mo. Wait, yeah, Mark, I, I don't want to sound ungrateful or anything. You put a lot of work into this, but that doesn't look a thing like me. That's just the chopping mall security robot with like lipstick on it. Yeah, look, I only could, you know how hard it is to make a robot? <laughs> and I really got hung up on the Steve one. So yeah, we had the chopping mall robot from the previ- previous record, but I think it'll do a good job. Okay. I haven't asked it anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, how about, so um, chopping mall robot that's going to stand in for Mo. Can you make a Mo style observation about this movie? Hello, have a nice day. This movie did not pass the Bechtel test, Bechtel test, Bechtel test. Oh, the Mobot, like, crashed. (laughs) Wait, Mobot, that's really good. (laughs) Now I regret making 11 versions of the Steve robot. No, it was worth it. You're going to, oh boy, just wait. The holiday party is going to be the Steve bot. Thanksgiving is going to be the Steve bot. Five Steve bots. I can't. Jury duty is going to be the Steve bot. Guilty, guilty, guilty. (laughs) (laughs) They're just all Steve bots. Yeah, this feels like almost an army of robots. There's just so many Steve ones. Oh, Mark, you know my view on robots. Should we have this many robots in the studio? That's true. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mark bot is starting another podcast. Wait, I didn't didn't make a Mark bot. Oh, oh, that's just you. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Okay. Welcome to What Did We Just Watch, the movie trivia quiz show podcast. Today's episode is about the 1991 action fantasy sci-fi film, Eve of Destruction, directed by Duncan Gibbons and starring Gregory Hines, Renee Sokin, and Michael Green. In this movie, a terrorist hunter is hired by a scientist to deactivate her android double, a walking, talking, murderous nuclear bomb, which has gone amok in a big city and is about to explode. I am your host, Mark Nessel, and our contestant this week are Steve Goff, who's playing as Steve of Destruction. Hello, the easiest nickname I ever had to come up with in my whole life. <laughs> Mo McGee, who I who is playing as that bitch. Heyo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make up these names. And Bob Killian, who is playing as Callsign Bob. Roger Roger. I'm very happy you mentioned the call signs because that is something that comes up. I bet it will. And as always, our contestants are playing for this week's mystery prize that will be revealed at the end of the show. So initial thoughts. 
I'm going to guess that none of you guys had heard of this movie before I had brought it up. Never. Guilty. Yeah. Nope. I checked three times to make sure I was right, watching the right one. I was just born when this movie came out, so it did mm. not uh, did not make my radar. Yeah, I yeah. saw it in theaters. Oh yeah, as a zero year old. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> no, this movie was a capital F flop. They did a ton of marketing. This was originally an Orion movie, but MGM picked it up. I don't know how that happened. Um, this is actually also a Nelson Entertainment movie. I th- um, towards the end of their run, they were the guys responsible for the Bill and Ted movies, as well as a bunch of other like interesting um, 90s um, indie films. And then also this one. Um, so, yeah. What did you guys think of your first viewing of Eve of Destruction? I mean, I didn't think it was a terrible movie. Like, I thought it was pretty good. It had some good moments. Um, but yeah, it had a lot of silly elements, like many of the films that we do on this show uh, that are laughable. And yeah, I I was very curious. I, I, you can answer now or later. Like, I was curious why you picked this film um, to do on the show. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's clear from your viewing, but <laughs> this movie was not 80 minutes long when they originally handed it to the studio. There's a lot of stuff that was left on the cutting room floor that still managed to like squeak through. And I feel like those movies are the most fun to talk about in the format of this because they're confusing. They're almost like a... Um, they're already like a pre-quiz show about like what is actually happening in a movie, which is the namesake of our podcast. <laughs> that makes sense. There were I was confused at a few moments of this film. So when were you not confused? That I'm going to be interested to talk about. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah, I, I like the movie. I feel like I was also confused when I saw it. the year was 1991. It felt like a 70s, yes. 80s police procedural show. Yes. The way that it was shot. And the music was this kind of like orchestra background stuff that should have been 100%. like Starsky and Hutch and not actually like a 90s production. So mm-hmm. it was very confusing. Um, I do like Gregory Hines a lot, though. Mm-hmm. And I thought mm-hmm. he did a great job. I just wish he had more of a part, I guess. Gregory Hines is the reason we're talking about this movie. Very similar to Virtuosity, where it's like, if Denzel Washington isn't in Virtuosity, we're not covering yeah. that movie. Gregory Hines kind of does cut up this above, like, makes this, like, from forgettable to an oddity sort of movie that's, like, worth make, making a podcast on. But, yeah, you you touched on a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about in this, um, however long this um, episode ends up being. Yeah, yeah. so I, I've heard a lot of people complain about modern blockbusters, about, like, how sexless they are and how there's no, like, there's no chemistry anymore. You don't get to see stars really, like, kiss or have chemistry. And this is the movie. This is one of the movies why films stop. <laughs> they took this it away like from us. the horniest movie I've seen in a long time. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, so the one out of those are all great things, but the one thing I want to unpack right away is yes, this movie was filmed in 1990 and like came out in 91. It wasn't like it was filmed in like the 80s and then shelved for 10 years or something, and that's why it looks like that. Both um, Die Hard 1 and 2 had already come out, Mm -hmm. Terminator had come out. Like, these are we knew what an action blockbuster was by this point, like, sort of that decade decade plus of like action sci-fi movies like robocop had come out yeah total recall had come out by this point like there's a ton of amazing science fiction action movies they're shot on better film stock than this (laughs) like it's kind of like crazy that um this movie feels so much older than it actually is 
not only did you guys not really know about this movie, like I know it, um, the Action Boys did it, I think like a year or so ago or something, which is a podcast I listen to. But when you go on IMDb, a lot of the weirdos on the internet also don't know a lot about this movie. Um, there's only seven trivia facts at time of recording on this, and most of them are just copy and pasted from the like actual cast list or something. I wrote down the two here that I actually found interesting. Um, the first one is two of the stuntmen in this movie, because there are a ton of stunts and stuntmen in this. It's like the saving another saving grace of this movie. I think the action's pretty well done. Um, both played Michael Myers in Michael Myers 4. So the two men who played Michael Myers and Michael Myers 4 are both in this movie. One of them plays one of the bank robbers and one plays one of the troopers in the scene at the hotel-like thing. You you mean Halloween 4? Oh, did it, what did I say? You said Michael Myers uh, I 4. said both of them play, both play Michael Myers in ha- Halloween 4. The return of Michael Myers oh, great, is great, the great. name of the movie. He's back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was like 1988. So that was like a year or so before. The other fact that this is a great fact for IMDb because there's no way that I could fact check this. All the other <laughs> ones were like so-and-so's last movie or like this movie didn't do well or like the of all very like verifiable sort of like boring things that are just copy and pasted from Wikipedia. This one I could not fact check at all. And it's the 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 ultimate IMDb style fact. The tie in the pivotal opening scene was donated by Jim Belushi who was originally considered for the role of McQuaid, but was forced to drop out due to conflicts with the shooting schedule for Taking Care of Business, 1990. And of course, famously, Taking Care of Business, this is not part of the fact, but that was J.J. Abrams' first writing credit in a movie, the the Jim Belushi movie, Taking Care of Business. Wait, the tie belonged to Jim Belushi? That's what this fact says, but there's no way. the one the robot is tying at the beginning? That is interesting. (laughs) Fascinating. So again, no way unless we get Did Jim. Did they Bel- steal it from him? I apparently. Like, who knew this information to share it? That's it. What says I want to know. was donated by Jim Belushi. Which can you donate things to a? F- it's not a charitable organization. <laughs> he probably just left it in the room. Yeah, like, that's what it sounds like. Part. Either that or this movie like stole a box of like goodwill donations that had Jim Belushi's name on yeah, them. Yeah, Jim Belushi donated was, it unrelated. And to that was the, the costumes for the entire movie. Yeah, I paused it and I tried to enhance, but I could not see the name of the on the. <laughs> tag of the tie no matter how hard i tried it would make sense if it was like a back to the future-esque like calvin klein situation where they're Uh-oh. looking at the tag it's like the robot's named jim belushi yeah <laughs> but boy worst movie with jim belushi yeah. oh absolutely oh yeah it's like yeah. no yeah like that alone seems like i'm like i want to discredit this fact i'm like no he was not considered for this role, so i feel like so gregory hines very famously um would uh, when he sort of because he has a weird career he's like one of the most well like um respected tap dancers in modern history and he is he does tap dance a lot in his movies but unfortunately no tap dancing yeah. in this movie um he would go out for roles that were written for white actors because he thought it, um it allowed him to explore more interesting roles because he didn't have to it wasn't either couched in race or he didn't have to like bring it up or spend time sort of like setting it. And people have different sorts of opinions on that kind of Denzel Washington's sort of famous for sort of doing that to help um, make the roles a little bit more, um, more um, mainstream. But then you have somebody like Wesley Snipes who would like bring sort of those ideas into the films, which also make them like really interesting. So I don't think 
one way or the other is like good or bad per se, but that was something something tells me like Gregory Hines's character sounds like it was written to be played by a white guy, just Jim McQuaid or whatever, not yeah. that would be my guess uh, originally, but this movie seems bad enough that Jim Belushi might have like been considered for the role. Believe it or not, we're not going to be doing taking care of business on this podcast. <laughs> we're going to be doing even destruction. Wait, wait, Jim Belushi, the the school principal in the movie Abraxas? <laughs> yes, yeah. the actor D- Jim Belushi does play the school principal wow. in the movie Abraxas. <laughs> Famous movie that everyone yeah. knows. Well, it was funny what you were saying about Gregory Hines because I only really knew him from um, History of the World Part 1 before this movie, and I ended up going down a pretty deep rabbit hole in IMDb for him. I never knew he was a tap dancer. I Mm -hmm. love that. Like, I think it's him and his brother tap dance. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Just real quick, um, if you, I think if you type Gregory Hines at David Letterman, he has has tons of appearances on talk shows where he will do the talking and then he'll go up and tap. He was also... I will be doing that. Yeah, Yeah, that sounds awesome. That sounds really cool. And his thing not only was he an excellent choreographed tap dancer not that i know much about this but Mm -hmm. he will do improvisational tap dance so like it's great on a talk show variety show where they could just play anything and he can like just tap to it and that's so impressive like i i ended up looking a lot into his tap dancing career and like Apparently, he was in a movie called Tap, which I will yes, be watching. That's sort who knows? Of, maybe yeah. I'll do an episode of that one day because it sounded like it was a bad movie, but his he, he shined in it because of his tap dancing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, that's super impressive when you can do uh, improvised tap dancing like that. I was just watching Celebrity Jeopardy the other night, and Dulé Hill was on, and um, like you know, uh, Ken Jennings asked him, like, "Can you tap dance for us, please?" <laughs> and then he just did a whole little thing. I'm just super impressed whenever anyone can do that. Yeah, it's a shame that this movie didn't include any of that. Yeah, <laughs> probably nice. rightfully so. I'm not really sure where that would have fit. I don't know. This yeah. movie has some real left turns. They could have fit him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it could be one of Eve's memories or something it, like that. They couldn't have made yeah. this movie worse. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I feel that same way. That's fair. Yeah, one of the other things that sort of is an oddity about this movie is um, the director of it was Duncan Gibbons, who no one would really know like from movies or television really because he he didn't have very many credits his big thing was he was a um an english um man who did a lot of music video directing Mm. and so eve of destruction was kind of his big shot at breaking from like because a lot of music video directors have broken out from music video directing to film or television um so he did this and it was kind of a flop and um, I'm just going to read, this is the entirety of Duncan Gibson's IMDb bio. Like, it's only one paragraph long, this is the paragraph. Duncan Gibbons died in a massive wildfire that plagued the southwest California region in 1993 because of hazardous and dry conditions. Mr. Gibbons at first got out safely, but he went back into the area where he was living because he was trying to rescue his cat and oh. perished. Oh. The cat was found days later alive, but with the tips of its ears burned off and hiding in the bottom area of a shed. So that's all IMDb has written about Duncan Gibbons. Um, make sure if you're if you're a creative out there, make sure your IMDb page has at least something on it because when you're gone, somebody's just gonna put that, like something like that yeah. in it. So yeah, unfortunately Gibbons wasn't able to get out of the music industry, uh, the music video um, industry with this, but he did make a weird, interesting movie that I'm sure was probably a lot more interesting when all of the parts were in it and not just like cut to ribbons. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's a weird movie. It's ba- I wrote down here, it's like a gender-swapped st- version of the first Terminator. 
like a sci-fi thriller with some action elements. Yeah, we've we've watched a couple of Terminator films, and I mentioned this to you the other day. It's funny to me that every ripoff of the Terminator is Eve of Destruction and not time travel. Like, <laughs> so rarely do any of the killer robots involve time travel. Like, mm-hmm. we've watched Rotor. Yeah, Rotor. That's exactly yeah. the same as this. Mm-hmm. Like, the exact same movie. Um, there's that other one... Um, with the that is also a lady terminator situation. Oh, yeah. It's an older movie, I think. Yeah, um, um Alienator. Alienator, yes, mm-hmm. which again borrows the or from the title, <laughs> mm-hmm. but also is like nope, it's not time travel, it's but it is a lady terminator. Yeah, it, it it's funny you say like pulling pieces because terminator wasn't a sensation. And it and rightly so. Today yeah, it's still rules. like one of my favorite movies and it like just it grabbed the like actual like it bent the history of like films that were being made after that. And T two did like mm-hmm. obviously they didn't know that this came out. I think about six months before T two came out. So um, which was more of an action film. But um, I think you need somebody like Jim Cameron who can um, who kind of is that sci fi minded to include all the rules and include mm-hmm. all of the stuff because. The thing about Terminator, this is something that we're all, I think, a little too young to understand. But people were like, "It's an." They're both R-rated movies, T one and T two, but like people were bringing their like ten year olds yeah. to see Terminator <laughs> because, like, obviously it's scary and it's violent, and there's still a little bit of like cursing. But like, it's like kind of the right combination. Where even like when I watch like T two, I'm like, I could imagine bringing like a preteen to see a movie like or like watching it with them like compared to this movie which has a lot more sex and a lot more swearing and the violence is a lot more visceral mm-hmm. and it like this is like an r like you you said before it's like a horny movie yeah. it's like a violent movie in a way where like james cameron was able to use the violence to and like the like swearing to sort of set the stakes of the movie where this one just seems to have that kind of stuff in there to be like titillating yeah. more so without having the robot rules or any science mm-hmm. just all fiction yeah it, it's surprising there was never a terminator cartoon because like they were doing that yeah robocop uh, yeah yeah or maybe yeah. there i mean rambo has a cartoon ghostbusters RoboCop, as you mentioned. Yeah. like yeah yeah, it is. It is interesting. I, I mean, there are Terminator toys, surely, mm-hmm. from that period. But yeah, the only thing Eve of Destruction has is that song. Yeah, the, <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, um, the, Barry, the Barry McGuire. Barry McGuire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a weird portmanteau of Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire. I was just thinking how much that sounded too much like Jerry Maguire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that you it's guys like are making have, all of this up right now. You had me at Eve of Destruction. <laughs> <laughs> How about we talk about the movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start uh, talking about some of the pe- uh, people in this movie. There's not a lot of named characters in this movie, so I kind of switched up the format a little bit. I'm going to give you the name of the actor or the role and then... So you, I'll ask you to give me the name of the like character if you can Ooh. remember. Ooh, I, okay. I don't know okay. if I'll be yeah, able to do this. Lot. Yeah, we might. <laughs> I might switch around for some of the like less important characters. But um, for instance, like I, I was gonna have a hard time asking. Like, um, so does anybody remember Gregory Hines's character's name? McQuaid. Yeah, John Jim McQuaid 
is Colonel Jim McQuaid is the um, Gregory Hines character. We are kind of already talked about him. He's great in this. He sort of brings a... The thing that I will just say about this, uh, his character is he um, doesn't spend a lot of time saying like, wait, explain this to me again yeah. because yeah. nothing is too complicated. It's great that he's like angry or like, conf- like kind of confused, but he's like, how do I kill it? Or like, okay, mm-hmm. well, well, then what do we do next mm-hmm. or something like that? Yeah, I thought he was good. I mean, I yeah. like I believed his like frustration. He was very sort of... Uh, he he felt like a, like a colonel, you know, and he's like you know, talking to the troops and like, you know, mm-hmm. getting frustrated and like, yeah, you know, I, I thought he did a good job. Yeah. yeah. I, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, he's got a very like put upon attitude in mm-hmm. this movie where yeah. like everything that happens, he sort of rolls his eyes a little bit and then gets down to business. He doesn't even have to roll his eyes. His yeah. eyes are just set back. They're, he's just like, looking yeah. at you, like he's open got very eyes. droopy eyes. In yeah. This movie, <laughs> and it like every time someone says something, he like they like an extra droop. gets. Yeah. <laughs> he's like frustrated by you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought he was great. Um, I really kind of just and like, yeah, he had a, a few really, really great lines. Some stuff I like laughed out loud at, but I wish he had more skin in the game. Like he's our lead guy and he was just kind of plopped in this situation and we get a lot more from, um, I won't say the name because we're playing that round right now, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, from the other character, because like he just kind of had, he was just there the whole time. I wish he mm-hmm. had a story or a plot. That was probably my biggest, uh, criti- criticism of this movie. Mm-hmm. That he didn't do enough. Yeah, well, speaking of the other character, what are the two characters that Renee Sokin plays? Um, Eve 8 and Eve Simmons, I think. Yep, Dr. Eve Simmons and Eve 8. Yeah, so she's a Dutch actor who is in basically nothing else that I know of. A lot of like Dutch television shows or like um, stuff like that. I don't think she does a great job in this movie, whether it was how she was directed or like um, like the choices that she made, because the going back to obviously it's hard not to compare this to the Terminator. Like mm-hmm. Arnold does a great job as a robot. You yes. believe yeah. his movements. You believe the way he like kind of like composes himself. So it's tough to play both the human and the robot. But neither of them seem she doesn't seem to commit to either of them in either of these so i don't think it's like awful it certainly isn't on the top of my list of problems with this movie but it's she's like all the things that i liked about gregory hines i don't really see in her in this yeah especially because she is the emotional driving force in this movie we are mm-hmm. supposed to feel for her story she has the entire storyline pretty much but she's somehow not the main character but uh, yeah, I, I agree. Like there was times that she was okay, but as the robot, especially, I really didn't like her in that. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever she was like the robot and she was confused or like not sure, she'd made this super weird face and looked like she was constipated. Just, like, <laughs> <sighs> I, I mean, I, yeah. they had a, I think they had probably had a really tough time because you've got somebody who's a lead role, who's playing two different roles in the film. They're the film lead and they also have to be topless in the film. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel like the number of actors is like, the, you've really narrowed the number of actors who are going to like take this on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in addition to that, I think it's just a script issue where you've mm-hmm. written one of your main characters to be an emotionless creature. And it's, that's hard to pull off. And it's like, on top of that, when the way those scenes are written, whereas you were saying where she's confused, like, 
what she ends up doing is just repeating lines over and over again. Yes. Yeah. So that drove boring. me crazy. Yeah, it's just, it's boring to hear someone say the same thing over and over again without any additional rhyme or reason to it. And that's when she was the human, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so um, the next question I have is, so I'll ask the name of the character and you tell me who it is. Um, who is Bill Schneider? Is this her dad? No. Um, I don't have him written down, but he also is named Bill. Mm. Darn. Um, Bob? I'm so glad you guessed the dad, because that was one of my guesses and narrowed it down. Um, I'm going to guess that this is the guy who's in, he's he's in the, um, like, uh, uh, he's one of the homers. He's in the, like, like and he's got the tie, and he uh, he knows about the uh, nuclear situation. Yeah, is it that guy? Yeah, it is that guy. <laughs> not the <laughs> not the guy in uniform. The other guy. Yeah, sort of like the bureaucrat. Yeah, the or like bureaucrat the type CIA. guy. Oh, is yeah, that guy, is yeah. This, is this Kurt Fuller? It's Kurt, Kurt Fuller's Fuller. character. Okay. Yeah, yeah, who is like a famous like slime ball in like a bazillion movies. Right. I only I have a short list here, but he's in. He's the main bad guy in No Holds Barred, yes, which is classic. the the um I that's the um Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan movie. Um, he's in Wayne's World. He's in Ghostbusters Two. He's in Scary Movie, and he's—I haven't seen the show because I don't really watch TV. But he's like a reoccurring character in Psyched. Um, I guess one of the like some character oh, in yeah. Psyched. Um, yeah, but he—he he works. He's mm-hmm. got like a bazillion credits on IMDb, and it's like you're kind of like he—he he does a good job because you're never happy to see him because he's <laughs> yeah. always like some like jerk or some like sleazy kind of guy. Like, but. You need that kind of thing, and I, I, he doesn't really have much to do. He's one of like three characters who's in one location the whole movie, but I think he does fine. I think again, it's hard to tell if the script is the big problem or the acting's the big problem, and I don't think he does anything sort of wrong in this. Yeah, I had this thought while I was watching it because um, other than Gregory Hines, where I was like, oh, I don't recognize anyone in this yeah. movie. Yeah. And then when they cut to the like the control room where it was him. And the general, I was like, "Oh, this is like where all the character actors hang out." Yeah, <laughs> like, like character actor HQ. Yeah, I have no idea how to ask. I also General Curtis is one of the characters, oh, and I, he, yeah. I knew his name. Oh, did you? Oh, oh. Yeah, well, like it was Curtis. I I've abandoned the. I was going to ask who Michael Green plays. Um, I don't know like anything he's in. I thought, and I'm forgetting the actor's name. There's a couple of actors who I'm like, "Oh, this guy is." The old guy from the thing, or this guy yeah. is, but he's not. He's like another. He does look like that. Guy, yeah, yeah, and he also looks like um. I think his name's uh, Robert Stacks, mm-hmm. or like there's a couple of other actors who who like sort of play this role as sort of like a uh, kind of like a a tall, thin, like general type. I again, he's somebody who he's got nothing to do in this movie. I think he does fine. Yeah. Like yeah. He he explains the call signs at one point. Yeah, he explains the <laughs> call signs. Which adds yeah. so much to this movie. I just like he has the general's like uniform on, and throughout the movie you can tell he gets more stressed because another button gets undone, and finally <laughs> it's all unbuttoned. He's just like out of like oh yeah, they uniform do, yeah. looking stressed yeah, out. Jim Belushi's tie is off of. Him. Yeah. <laughs> so does anybody remember the name of Eve's ex-husband? Peter. Yep, Peter Arnold. Um, he is also kind of a, like a character actor, mostly TV. The, his big thing on IMDb was in 188 episodes of JAG, 
which is still only about three-fourths of all the episodes of JAG they made, I think. Yeah, but between JAG and NCIS, that's one of the like longest-running series in history. Yeah. I think uh, Law & Order has a beat, but... Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of episodes of JAG. This character seemed like a nice guy. I wonder why it didn't work out between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a weirdo in this. We'll get. He's like, I don't like that you're building robot clones of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a, fair. A reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> that has your memories. Yeah. And thinks it's the mother of our child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's she's such an LA girl, and he's such a New York guy. It's it's hard to get that bi-coastal re- relationship working. Um, so I've got one more character I want to talk about. What is um, Eve's son's name? Timmy. Yep, Timmy Arnold. Um, does anybody recognize him? I don't know, but he had ev- the haircut of every child. Oh, yeah. He, like that Jonathan Taylor Thomas look. Yeah, he does sort of blend in. So he's the main little kid in Sleepless in Seattle. Um, um, he, I thought he was the main kid in Kindergarten Cop, but he's one of the other kids in Kindergarten <laughs> Cop. Um He's in um, Sudden Death, which is a Van Damme movie that we haven't done, but he's also like, he's in that like a lot. Um, but he also voices TJ Detweiler in the show Recess. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. So I was going to say, yeah, That's at least some so of funny. Yeah. Unless I totally misread that on IMDb. I meant to double check that, but I'm pretty sure that that's the case too. Um, he doesn't have a, a super, super long career. He mostly was a kid actor and then did voice acting and stuff. I think I'm like, this is yeah. the difference in age. Like I'm just too old enough to yeah. not know recess. I was thinking yeah. that yeah. I was eyeing you up, Bob. Yeah, Bob, not know recess. Yeah, I, th- I was gonna say at least you'll know of recess. Yeah, probably, I know of but it. Yeah. yeah, it's good. The movie. The, I was gonna say, did you not see movie? the recess yeah. movie? Oh. Mm, I guess I didn't. It's pre- it's a pretty good show. Yeah. I don't was know. He the, was he the kid in kindergarten cop that says boys have penises and girls have vaginas? <laughs> He, he said might, that, it, yeah, he said he that might, again in this movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. That actually made me think of Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, I didn't go back and like <laughs> check which scene he is. That would be a good guess yeah. that that's the scene he's in because he has a speaking role and he's credited as a... Yeah, he keeps getting typecasted to... Yeah, uh, yeah kids, who, kids who understand anatomy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's uh, get into the movie. So we've kind of talked about it a few times. It's hard not to. The cold opening is a guy getting dressed in a hotel room and he's... Um, doing all types of business with his hair and Jim Belushi's tie. Um, so it's then the bellhop comes in and it's a real awkward scene. Yeah. Like it's kind of like you don't know if one of them is going to kill the other one. Like he's wearing driver gloves. You don't know if it's going to be like a sexual thing. Mm-hmm. Like it. Like there's some sort of awkwardness. I, I wrote this down. So for the first question, um, how many times do the two characters say thank you in this scene? <laughs> Yeah, so we can go around the room. Okay, I'm I'm gonna take a guess here. I this number is has given me a lot of points in the past. I'm going with four. Okay, uh, yeah, let's I'll say four too. I'll be contrary and go with five. It was four. They say four. Like again, it's like a five second scene, but it's like thank you, thank you, thank you. No, thank you. It's like I figured it was even number to be yeah. like. Reciprocal. Yeah, the fact that no one is destruction. Yeah, the (laughs) fact that no one is killed in that scene is like kind of (laughs) crazy when you like. Well, it starts so abruptly. Like I got whiplash because I'm like, is this is this the movie I'm supposed to be watching right now? It was the weirdest. It didn't feel like an opening. There was no like 
yeah i don't know it was just there and then it was happening and then it was awkward and they got to the plot eventually but yeah sort of like our podcast yeah (laughs) and it was very strange like this is the opening to our movie like we're seeing you know i appreciate the we don't know where we are yet we're seeing like a hotel room we're meant to think that this is just a regular person and then we learn that it's a robot but like he doesn't behave like a regular person. Well, yeah, <laughs> I knew he wasn't a regular. Right. Person, but but like they have this like sort of almost like a joke in there where he like doesn't tip, and it's like, what was that? What was the purpose of that? Is like, that it, why they're watching the robot? Right. See if he, see has if he tips. Or yeah. If he stiffs the bellhop. Right. To, and then take notes. <laughs> That's like a famous stereotype of robots that they, they never yeah, they're tip. Terrible yeah. tippers. Well, was so he, rude. Was he built based off of a man who didn't tip? <laughs> yeah. So that's funny. I actually wrote this down. I think they might say the name of the robot or is one of the things because a ton of the non-speaking extras in this are given names because at some point in the production, they must have had speaking roles. Um, I don't know if they say it, but the robot is called Steve the Robot. So he's clearly Ooh. based off of somebody who... I wonder is, how many versions. Yeah. steve yeah. yeah, it just says Steve the Robot. So it must have been based off of... Because presumably you wouldn't make a robot with that type of like male pattern baldness or something. <laughs> like it must be based off of somebody. So that robot really tells on him that it's like he doesn't tip and stuff like that. Like you'd yeah. be a little scary to put your body in a robot and have people like film it. If you're like worried about like your sort of like uh, mannerisms or whatever, you don't want people to know about it. I was trying to think of a joke of like Adam and Steve, like it's yeah, Steve and I, Eve. I was I like, Steve, I, was, like, I couldn't get like, there. I couldn't yeah. get there. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not technically AI if it has someone else's memories or is it, I don't know. That's weird because it's just doing what that person would be doing, but it's still acting on its own. First question. Like, uh, because of like 20, I have about the rules because you brought it up. How do you put memories into a robot? That's a great question. Also, why why do you put the memories into the robot? Like, that was a big question I had. Also a great question. Yeah. As soon as we saw she had a kid, I'm like, well, fuck. Like, she has, like, why would you ever put your memories into someone else where they think your child is theirs. That's only going to be a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. Very strange. Yeah. No. Memories are famously faulty. So, like, when you put your memories, are they the actual memory or are they like, oh, yeah, I sort of remember my third birthday. These are the sort of aspects of the third birthday that I remember. So the robot has, like, the foggy sort of emotions and notions that I have from that childhood memory or does it actually, like... like recall what my eyes saw like there's a great episode of black mirror where they talk about you can watch your own memories like a tv screen but they talk about in that universe oh these are not admissible in court because Mm -hmm. memories are faulty so you Mm. can be remembering something completely different but Mm -hmm. it is like a whole you know thing they do work on and establish rules for this just felt like they didn't explain it they just wanted her to have memories of eve and don't don't question anything. Yeah, yeah. This is a bit of a slippery slope because it's, <laughs> it starts with why would you put your memories in the robot? Then it goes to why would you put an armed nuclear warhead <laughs> in the robot? And then it ends with why would you put nipples on the robot? Yeah. <laughs> and actually, even before that. Why would you entrust any of that to a robot that is unable to tie a tie? Yeah. So you could understand if the robots were very dexterous and like very capable and like kind of like cold and calculating, but you're putting a nuclear device in a robot when you don't quite have tying a tie down. <laughs> like that seems like the cart way before the horse there. 
So I he gets the robot gets messed up on tying his tie. Yeah, and just to your point, why do they need any memories? Like they're just robots. They don't need to have <laughs> memories of anything. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. And so we find out this was like a one-way mirror staging. So they built a whole fake hotel room Mm -hmm. for the robot to get changed in. That's right. And then a bellhop comes in. I guess the idea being like, Who's the bellhop? Yeah. The, yeah well, we, we haven't gotten to... We're going to have a long conversation about that, I think, in like literally the next scene, because I have a lot of questions about that. But yeah, there's a lot of people playing actors in the movie acting, like meta acting mm. in this movie. Um, but... Um, so we find out it's like a two-way mirror and we find out that like um, this has been all like a test and they do the thing where they like take down all the walls and like roll out the roll the unroll the carpet and put them on like a gurney and like they're like figuring out what the problem was with his hands and stuff. His hands look like normal hands. So I don't know why he was wearing those driver's gloves. It wasn't like an Edward scissor hands <laughs> thing where they like didn't finish his hands and like so that's why he's wearing driving gloves. And anytime anyone has gloves on i'm immediately like oh this is like an american psycho situation yeah <laughs> like no normal person is putting gloves especially on indoors for any reason yeah. <laughs> or tying a tie with mm-hmm. tight gloves on yes i haven't done it a ton of times but i have to imagine that'd be hard mm-hmm. yeah, you're either a butler or a murderer <laughs> yeah um so there's this whole conversation between Eve and I assume that character got like um, a name, but I don't know if we ever find out about it. And they're like, they have this whole conversation that must've been important in the main part of the movie about like, we're about to have like um, people come in and audit our, our project in a few weeks Um, for the next question. Does anybody remember what is the specific thing that they're like, if the robot can't do this, like, um, like it won't matter. It's like a very specific thing. Uh, if you can't play the piano without without like bugging out, I guess, or um, like yeah, it said playing the piano without catching fire. Oh, it's like what they said. It's like if if the if this if our robot can't play the piano without catching fire, it won't matter or something. Again, if that's a concern you have, don't entrust it with a nuclear device <laughs> right like that's i've got that i you're wondering why i have that sign up on the t- on the wall here i'll keep tapping it every time yeah, it that, says in this house we believe in yeah <laughs> not putting nuclear devices yeah it's it's getting longer piano. it's getting longer and longer as we do more and more robot episodes that it's like don't give your robot a nuclear device if it can't <laughs> play the piano without catching fire very hard cut to like this is eve eight don't worry, she's not Dr. Eve, she's Eve 8. She doesn't look any different, and she doesn't really act any different. Why would you make your robot look exactly like yeah, you? it doesn't make any sense. And no. give it your memories. Yeah. Like, what are you trying, are you trying to create a, like, rogue robot situation? Yeah, yeah. It, it does seem that way, because you can make it look like anything you want. There's no reason for her to have a face, either. Like, right. Yeah, okay, we're we're gonna reference so many other robot movies that did this better, but I think mm-hmm. about um, Ex Machina, where it's just like, yeah, this is a person. She's her own person. She's a robot, but then you know, mm-hmm. trouble ensues anyway. But that was super confusing for me. I couldn't keep track at the beginning when it was the robot and when it was Eve. Dye yeah. Eve eight's hair black or something. Mm-hmm. No, to just, make, just give her a perm. It's or enough. just give, yeah, mm-hmm. or to give her a different haircut. Yeah. <laughs> that was all he needed. I, I know this is a movie uh, that is a ripoff of Terminator, and like I understood that watching this, but so many of the themes that are evoked in this are more like a Frankenstein story. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, you created this thing 
because you are and you put all your pettiness towards your father <laughs> like yeah. it's like very weird yeah don't like, put your emotional baggage in, in the, the robot <laughs> that has a nuclear device oh wow mark just pulled a lever and that sign got longer yeah <laughs> just it, dropped down it's just like the i found this movie to be sort of like misogynistic in a way because it's <laughs> like it didn't have to be that way like you wrote it so that she put the <laughs> like insecurities in the robot. Like yeah. you made her do that. So I was good. Movie oh, maker. It's more than just a little misogynistic. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. Yeah. yeah. I, I have like the notes written down when we get to the first scene with Timmy, but like this movie very clearly is trying to make a point about like gender roles and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff in it. But then when you write a super complicated sort of like bank shot of that and then the producers get it and cut your movie down by like however many minutes they cut this down it's totally lost but it's very clear that they're setting this kind of stuff up even this interaction between eve and the other guy there is sort of like in like silence of the lambs for instance like there's a lot of unspoken like misogyny and stuff like the boys club and stuff mm-hmm. like that this um scene sort of feels like they want to include that but it's the one and only scene we see eve interact with any of her colleagues so it just seems like the her um somebody who's an underling to her is just kind of like a jerk to her for some for no reason or something mm-hmm. so we now get the credits and eve is I guess going to do her errands. Eve eight is going to do some errands. She takes the train. They're somewhere in San Francisco and she takes a train of some sort to a bank of some sort. And a weirdo accosts her on the train. Can I interject for a second? Yeah. Why are you sending your nuclear uh, bomb robot (laughs) to do errands? I didn't, I wasn't sure if I missed something, if why they explained why she has like a day out, but she is a nuclear (laughs) bomb and you send her like just out into the world. That is dangerous well, what's yeah. gonna happen it, is there gonna be a violent bank robbery or something like come on reg- what's gonna happen regardless if nothing had happened that still would have been incredibly irresponsible let's yeah. get this on the don't list yeah. like don't <laughs> it's like a, a little asterisk under don't put your nuclear device in a robot it's like and if you have to put your nuclear device <laughs> in your robot do not let it loose in san francisco oh like, yeah. i think those scientists committed war crimes against yeah. their own country yeah. by sending out a nuclear bomb this, to wander this around this is the dream <laughs> <laughs> like, again, if I could send yeah. out a robot to the bank in my... St- obviously, I bank exclusively online <laughs> in this 2023. But even if I could have the robot sit at a computer and tippity-tap, tippity-tap, make some transfers for me, that would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and if it blows up along the way, too bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's hard to imagine. So like the the sort of like justification of this is that she's supposed to be a espionage robot. But all of the stuff she does seems counter to that. Other than the only thing that being she can sort of pass as a person is like the only pro-espionage thing. But I do have, we'll get to it later when they do more explanation. I think just a regular person is better for espionage Mm -hmm. than a robot. How How about remote control? Yeah. Why have yeah. it be autonomous? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, With someone else's memories and emotional baggage. Yeah. yeah. So when she's coming up from the subway, I noted, and you sort of, I think, brought this up, Mo. The music in this movie is wild. Oh, it's mm-hmm. crazy. It's yeah. So weird. I, there was a, and it's like that throughout the entire movie. Yeah. There's some like, there's a lot of like woodwind instruments and mm-hmm. parts. It feels kind of a mixture of 
70s live action Disney movie yeah. and bad sports documentary <laughs> are like the sort of if you haven't watched this movie and I don't think we're going to I don't know how many recommends we're going to get from the panel at the end of this <laughs> but if you have haven't seen this movie imagine the strangest music to include in your sci-fi thriller movie and it's stranger than that um yeah it it really doesn't work in those quiet moments like at the beginning of the movie I think it kind of worked at the end during yeah. the end of the action. I was yeah, like, I agree. Oh, this sort of makes sense now, mm-hmm. and it it was it was a different take. I was like, oh, this is this is kind of interesting. But yeah, no, yeah, it, it it doesn't work at the beginning. Yeah, you're, at, you're absolutely right. The big that's the thing about a big swing. It does work sometimes. The mm-hmm. problem is there's like no scenes in this movie where there's no score. And it just <laughs> undermines like there's a score like that playing over like the flashback of her mom being killed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah, oh, we have to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You're you're uh, like I think you you said it was like a it looked like a 70s like TV crime. Yeah. Like, like oh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking that it looked like a it was like a teleplay at some times. And then at other times, it was like all of a sudden, it's like a Gone with the Wind string section. Yeah, like yes, in the back, like it was so wild. It was all like piano or strings, and it felt like what you would do for a silent movie. Yeah. yeah. Or again, like those '70s police procedural shows. There are so many of them, and, right. and it gets really tense when they get tense, and then it's just kind of like softer. And it, it just it was so out of place for most of the movie. It just mm-hmm. made it feel like a TV yeah, show. Yeah. None of it was 1991. No. Like none of it felt like 91. No, and it's a shame too because going back to the director i think he would have been good doing like teleplays or doing like police procedurals or something because the stuff that is good in this movie is stuff that would be great on like a network cop move like show or like a network teleplay or something like that he does that kind of stuff really well it's just when the movie has to become a blockbuster or like a thriller it's like there's nothing here for that Yeah, you could have put some like industrial music over it instead. It's the early nineties. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A, a couple of years later, it would have been new metal, which you were lucky. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, well, but... like again, last week's episode, last um, episode, the Saint. A lot of yeah. like uh, Smashing Pumpkins covering the cars and mm-hmm. it, stuff <laughs> like that. It's or put it, some fun eighties stuff in there. Like her, uh, there's a lot of eighties fashion in it. Just like mm-hmm. you can make yeah. that music more upbeat. Yeah. The the jacket she's wearing is just the jacket from the Beat It music. Video. Yeah, I love that. Jacket. Yeah, it looked great. She, she looked, looked very good. Awesome. In it. All right. mm-hmm. Well, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. We're still at the bank. We have to finish our errands with Eve. So um, she goes into the bank, and then she's got like a handler too, who is never in the movie again. Doesn't have like any speaking roles, but this guy's like following her, kind of like making. Doesn't he die? Sh- yes. Yeah. <laughs> like immediately in the bank, he's he's killed. Um, and for my next question, actually, did anybody like um, see what the poster? Because he's like shot by one of the bank robbers, and oh, he's like man. shot into a poster. Yeah, what it said? It's, it's. I I saw it. I knew you were gonna ask this question. <laughs> I clocked it too. And then I'm like, I'm not. That's not gonna be a question. I'm, I'm worried I'm gonna say something that's close to it, and then someone's gonna be hinted in. But it's like the living the good life is on the rise or something no rise it didn't and, say that rising at all up to the good life you're in luck because it's live <laughs> is good oh, yeah yes. life yeah. is good i do forget it but i remember clocking it it was something to do about like we will save with you or something that like that's closer remember it is in a bank yeah. it um do you have a guess well i remember that it had 
like a rainbow on it. Mm -hmm. And I know it was San Francisco. And so I thought it was going to be some sort of pride thing, but it didn't seem like it was that. No. It's a, it's a bang thing. It says save for a brighter future. And then it has like a, it's like a big (laughs) rainbow with like a bunch of coins at the end, which is sort of like leprechaun. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What are they advertising? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it looks like a scholastic book fair, yeah. like like sort of poster. But yeah, he's sp- he's like shot into it with a shotgun. And he like yeah, leaves this, a bloody trail. Because yeah. again, these two bank robbers are like canon movie esque, like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like they seem less concerned about getting the money and more concerned about committing violence against people. <laughs> they're like screaming. They're like yelling at people. He like has, he has no problem shooting even the chest. Yeah. With that shot. yeah. You don't go anywhere near the money. Yeah. 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 Bringing that Michael Myers energy to that scene. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Eve, um, the handler kills one of the bank robbers, but then the bank robber kills him. Eve then like picks up a robber and like throws him like out a window. Um, then he take she takes the guns and then her handler's satchel, which has like a tape recorder in it, and then we never see any of that again. Like yeah. that must have been important later in the movie. She uses the, the bag sa- she was clutching, right? Yeah, and it's kind of like like at first she's kind of like holding it there to like avoid like anyone seeing her gunshot wounds because then we find out later like she's full of blood, okay. but the blood doesn't do anything. <laughs> um, so she's like trying to make it so people can't see her like gunshot wound. And she's holding that satchel pretty much the rest of the movie. But none of the equipment that we see in the satchel is ever like mentioned or like used okay. by that her. That makes sense why she was clutching it. I thought that was going to come back later or that that would be a bomb oh. or something. But she was trying to block the bullet hole. Oh, absolutely. It was supposed to. Something was supposed <laughs> to happen with that. And it was cut. I can only imagine. So anyway, cut to a hostage rescue. Or is it the hostage rescue in like sort of hindsight is really wild because the cast that they have for those actors is like ranging in ages seemingly and like fitness. So it's like presumably that like 50 year old Hispanic man who's like talking to the other Hispanic man are not soldiers as well did they hire like actors for this scene I thought or something they were soldiers that kept getting typecast during their trainings i guess yeah <laughs> and they've got squibs that like seem to go off at the specific spot that mm-hmm. they're shot at it's like an improv everywhere sort of <laughs> thing but for a hostage like like um thing yeah how much does the u.s military spend on squibs for trainings they could just you know fall down mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean and i know that this was our introduction to um gregory hines's character but it, like it felt like this scene should have had John Cleese come up at the beginning and go, and now it was something completely different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like because I was like, wait, is this a different movie? Like what just happened? You you can't do this twice. No, this yeah. is the same. It's the intro again. <laughs> it's yeah. the intro again. You're just lying to us. Yeah. Like you can trick the audience by not revealing like all the pieces or giving them all the information. But if you're just lying to them, yeah. then we're not going to buy into your movie. I yeah. think this movie hates us. Mm-hmm. It just it keeps <laughs> wanting to be like, surprise again. Like oh, it just, uh, yeah. To do that twice in the beginning of an intro, it's just, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Loses its yeah. It hates us. It hates women for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's just very strange that like, I guess somewhere in Central America, there are American hostages being held. And so they do this fake, like, um extraction 
where there's like, but there's like music playing and people are like having conversations. So they like bust in, they gun a bunch of people down the outside and then they go inside where the people are seated still. So I guess they didn't, the actors playing the terrorists didn't hear the car go through. Yeah. Then they capture the terror, uh, the hostages who are all like lined up like tied up on the ground which i don't know if that's always how you keep hostages especially for long periods of time and then gregory hines is hiding among them so he assumes that one of the terrorists is going to be embedded with the other hostages like tied up so that he can then they can then like thwart the extraction that the americans are going to be doing yeah, I guess that's what they were tra- <laughs> like. Maybe they did so many different trainings, and this was like, okay, here's we're gonna run this scenario. Now. <laughs> what? This scenario. I was confused. <laughs> Meanwhile, all these hostages, we never find their fate out. And um, no. <laughs> yeah, I just you can't you, you can't run over the fence in the truck. Like re go back to the map and like redraw the plan. Like as soon as you bust through the wall, it's over. Like they're inside shooting the hostages. But you're right. The guys inside don't react at all to the gunfire yeah, and they, the screams. They've got loud like mariachi fence. music playing yeah. in the fake terrorist like compound. Um, so yeah, he he ends up Greg Gregory Hines single handedly stops the success of the training exercise that he is conducting. And so he starts giving these guys the business. Does anybody remember for the next question what the um, epitaph he says is going to be on like the graves of these men? I was hoping you would ask this. this. Yeah, he said like something to the effect of uh, it's going to say on your graves. He died for his country because he didn't fucking listen. That's exactly it. Yeah, your Gregory Hines impression is on point. Lots of intensity from Gregory Hines in this movie. Almost no tap dancing is what I wrote yeah. in this scene. <laughs> he could have uh, tap danced on those graves. Yeah. And um, so one of the guys, I don't know if you remember the guy, he kind of like fixes his nose. That's played by character actor Tim Russ. Um, constantly, um, uh, I know there's a couple of Star Trek fans here. Does anybody recognize uh, Tim Russ? I was wondering, is he Tuvok? He's Tuvok. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I was looking at him, I was like, I think that's Tuvok, but I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. Yeah. And Tuvok, From uh, uh, Voyager. Voyager. Yeah. And then he was recently on Picard and stuff like that. Um, I always he, preferred Threevok. Yeah. Tu, Tuvok was too busy to come in for a second day because the later, when there's the main point guy in the other battalion, he's a different actor. Who's sort of a similar build as Tim Russ, but oh, no. he's only in that one scene. Um, yeah, so the hostages, presumably they're spending all this money and they're hiring all these out-of-work actors to, to get into suits and, and like pretend to be um, like uh, hostages and everything. Does um, For my next question, does anybody remember what the last time, like last scene, the word hostage comes up in this movie is? Well, I'm gonna guess it's. I know they mention it in the sort of war room scene. They say like they say like, oh yeah, there's this hostage situation, and then they're like, but don't worry about that. We have something else going on. That's exactly right. So, That's yeah. the yeah. They said yeah. it's no longer a priority, and they were right because it's never yeah. brought up again in this <laughs> but movie. Is it okay? Until I knew that the robot was a nuclear bomb, I'm like, is that a priority over <laughs> yeah. these American citizens who are being held hostage? And also, I would have loved. I don't know. It, I feel like they probably. 
probably died. I feel like we never came back to that because it was probably mm-hmm. not successful. Like Gregory Hines kept trying to tell them, like, if we don't get them out now, there may not be hostages to save. Oh, and yeah. they just completely brush him away. Yeah, they they could there was like kind of a two roads situation where they could have given they're like, well, Tim Russ is like my best man. He'll he'll do his best. Like, but they're very specific. They're like, if Greg if I, Gregory Hines, am not like working on this case, those hostages yeah. are dead. And they're like, Don't worry about it. There's a there's a lady robot shopping in San Francisco yeah. <laughs> using our credit cards. Like And I get how nuclear bomb takes priority, but like he did not know that at the time. So right. Yeah, so the next scene that we have cut to Dr. Eve Simmons's home. So I have a couple of questions like back to back here, and then we can kind of unpack this scene. Um, so the first question I have is what is uh, Timmy doing when we first meet him? Is he coloring? Yeah, he's coloring in what seems to be like a anatomy book, mm-hmm. which I was gonna ask if that was an anatomy coloring book for children. It looks like it was. It had the like cadence of a of an a, like a children's book, like big pages, sort of that material that you can crayon. Off. Yeah, and like the lines are real thick, mm-hmm. and like so, like it will co- show up over the crayon. It's sort of like that, like. Um, Nowadays with the internet, there's a lot of like adult coloring books and stuff like that. It gives that sort of feel where yeah, it's but almost that's a different type of adult mm-hmm. coloring book. Yeah, oh, I'm sure yeah. I I didn't Google it, but I'm sure you can find like different kinds of yeah. erotic coloring books for at, adults on the internet. At the same time, when they show the picture of the outlines of the two bodies, it's it's like a coroner's like sheet where you would fill in and oh, like yeah. draw all over where the like lacerations mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it really does seem like in a police like like um evidence or something like here are where the four wounds are or something mm-hmm. but there's a little kid coloring over it so um the next question i have here is where did does eve say that she'll take her son when she comes back the aquarium yep the aquarium yeah so i guess her plan was she was going to tim's in san francisco with her and they were going to go to the aquarium or something oh, yeah. and then I've got one last question, and then we can kind of unpack this scene. What are her last words to her son? Take it sleazy. Nah, <laughs> I'm afraid not. Um, something along the lines, too. And they're called testicles. Not something along the lines. Exactly <laughs> that. You, you quoted her spot on, and they're called testicles. The last thing she says to her son before she sees her in her own arms while she's shooting a machine gun at people in New York. Um, so, yeah, that's a very weird scene and a weird introduction to Tim. Yeah. I mean, she, I, I like that scene because she wasn't, like, brushing off his answers. She was actually taking time to be like, yeah, here's what human anatomy is like. Teach them young. Um, but she wasn't just like, oh, no, no, you shouldn't be looking at that, or that's not for you, or, like, um, I'll tell you when you're older. Like, she just was having a very open, honest conversation with her son about sex. Yeah, that's the one thing I was saying before about, like, this is what is left of the sort of meta story about this movie that this movie wanted to have in it, where it's like, this is... There's like these sorts of like there's a male and a female like on that same page. And it's like she's telling him like not as you said, not mm-hmm. to say those things, but don't call them this, call them this like mm-hmm. and and not like um, and answering his questions and stuff like that. There is sort of a gender politics to that, that it would be interesting if it wasn't the only scene in the movie where that had that. 
I I like to imagine that right after that scene, she called the lab and was like, look, I, I just had, like, I'm convinced now, I was on the fence, but we need to give the robot primary and secondary sexual characteristics. <laughs> like, like, it needs to be there. Like, yeah. I was just talking with my son. This is important to me now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it did feel out of place, but I guess it also kind of calls back to the scenes where they have the robot on the computer and all you just see is the female outline and mm-hmm. like, and then all those weird kind of, we'll get into that, the camera that goes into the yep. robot body. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They um, love that shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They do. I just, uh, I, I guess it's kind of a callback to that with just how the human this robot is, but it just, it did feel a little out of place as much as I liked, you know, it, showing you how a good relationship she has with her son. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like everything in this movie feels out of place. Sort of. It's a bunch of parts that don't quite fit together. The the pacing too is a real, like this, Mm -hmm. this scene and the next scene really struck me where it's like, Oh, we haven't landed on the movie yet. And we are just being shown scene after scene. They're like, they're like three minutes long and we're just cutting and cutting. And yeah. Cutting. yeah. Well, I do actually have a lot about that because we're about to go to the war room. But before that, that's the this is the end of the first round. Uh, can somebody read the scores, please? Yes. In third place is Steve with two points. Mm-hmm. Um, in second place is myself with five. And in first right now is Bob with six. All right. All right. So now we're back and cut to... San Francisco, I think, because it's definitely Northern California. This is like the drabbest I've ever seen the Golden Gate Bridge in a movie. Did anyone notice that? It almost looked like gray. It didn't look red. So I I actually, at one point, I asked my girlfriend to come over. I'm like, this is the Golden Gate Bridge, right? As I was like writing this. And she's like, I think so. Like, it looks like the Golden Gate Bridge, but she's like, it's not red like the Golden Gate Bridge. I'm like... Yeah, so it's def. Well, I know it's San Francisco because I was trying to figure out when they were on the train, and they finally did a shot where they showed the train and it said Bart, you know, oh, which okay, is the yeah, this, yeah which yeah. is the Bay Area mm-hmm. regional train. Mm-hmm. I think is what that stands for. Yeah, this movie needed some of the B roll from the room. Oh like yeah, establishing <laughs> yes. shots where we go back and forth <laughs> over the bridge. Well, right. I, I actually, I'm making fun. That's more like a film stock thing. They have a ton of great Magic Hour helicopter shots. They've got those awesome yeah. shots of like the um, establishing shots of like the jets and Harriers and stuff like that. Like even though obviously no one is in those jets when then they cut to where Gregory Hines is sitting in that little like a uh, like um, studio like little. Thing, but yeah, the, the helicopter that yeah they, the he- weren't, they were never wearing headphones they were just sitting there the whole no. time looking comfortable i did mention that the first time they're in the helicopter him and eve the um he talks to the pilot through his headphones establishing the need for headphones <laughs> in helicopters which is normally something that movies gloss over then he takes the headphones off and has a room like inside voice like conversation yeah. with eve in helicopter <laughs> without any headphones on um, you're really ruining the illusion. Next, you're going to tell me that Eve wasn't a robot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Um, so now we enter the war room set for the first of probably 50 scenes in this war room where we've got unlabeled buttons on the wall, <laughs> a big map of the world. We've got people in the background like pulling things out of printers and typing on things. We've got the one guy who basically just Google stuff the whole time. I didn't include him in the who is this person, but he, they basically call him and they're like, can you find out where this person is or can you find out like whatever? And I guess all of Eve's transactions come up over that computer and stuff. I think it was Sergeant Google. Um, <laughs> and 
um, we get introduced to this secret robot project as these little TVs come up from the I table. Love, I love the TV. <laughs> I yeah. loved that. And I loved that right before that happened, the general is like, we are now going to tell, to, to like introduce you to this secret project. And the like tables, like it comes up with the TVs out of the table. And I was like, the joke would be, that's the secret project. It's yeah. like, we've been working on putting TVs in our table for then, a long time. Don't the TVs then also say like, this is the highest security clearance. Yeah. Like, me and, he, and Gregory Hines just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. They were, like, I'm glad yeah. they're able to tell us like how important it, their, their own computer selves are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it reminded me of Demolition Man. I think in Demolition Man, there's that scene where they they have the boardroom that has the like the TVs as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. on the sticks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On the sticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but so they're all looking at their little TVs. And so for my next question, what's the name of the robot project? They call. It, they have a specific name for it. For the project. Not yeah the robot. the title of like the project. Don't overthink it. It's very Operation Robot. It's almost that. It's <laughs> not quite Operation Android. No, even more lame than that. <laughs> Do you have a guess? Uh, Operation Eve. No, it's Project Rob. Oh, Project oh, Rob, the robot. Close. Yeah, the mm. robot project. Mm. And then yeah, the um, and then we see. Like them working on the original robot who's like bicentennial Robin Williams and bicentennial yeah. man, yeah, yeah. like just a person like in a little cardboard suit. And they say, so this began 25 years ago. So in this, in 1979, they have Bicentennial Man-esque like robots walking around. And apparently they spent those 25 years not making them more useful as robots, but just making them slightly more human-like, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense. That's when the Bicentennial was. I guess so, yeah. Um, and then I, this is the first time I wrote when Gregory Hines like sees this, he doesn't freak out. He's just sort of nonplus. He's like, oh, what did you guys do with this? Yeah. Like he's he's very anti robot the whole movie. I do like his kind of like counterance to that being like all this taxpayer money going towards this. Well, I actually want to push against that because we get to it later in the like, he's not anti-robot the whole movie he is in the one scene yeah. where they say that he's anti-robot and then the rest of the time he just seems sort of nonplussed about everything like robots or otherwise like, well i mean to be fair he's told about the existence of robots and that the one robot they have has gone rogue like in the same breath yeah. so yeah he's sort of right yeah so now we have several cuts now between the war room and evate like out shopping um, she goes to a gun wholesaler and then shops for some new clothes. And this is the first time we see the POV of the robot mm-hmm. when it's at the and oh. the beeping. It's like a viewfinder in a camera. I was it, gonna say it looked like a camcorder from the nineties. Yeah, just yeah. No wonder she went rogue. There's all that beeping. Yeah, like, <laughs> beep, drive beep, anybody beep, insane. Beep. A lot of the a lot of the shots of her POV have her heartbeat too. Which we hmm. know the heart doesn't. No, it's pump. cosmetic. Yeah, it's cosmetic. So yeah. is it pumping? Like we know she has blood, but it, it it's cosmetic. Yeah. I didn't want to get into the heart. <laughs> thing, like we can talk about the heart okay. thing at some point. Yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, the I said that POV makes her look less capable than a person because her vision looks worse than a person, yes. and yeah. it's covered in all this HUD like stuff, and yeah. so she can't like see as well as a regular person. But she really she sees the jacket from the um is that the Beat It music video? Yeah, I believe mm-hmm. so. Yeah, um, Eve we find out really likes red stuff. Love that jacket. Yeah, it is a good jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she looks great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then here is might be where this podcast gets truly derailed. I wrote in order for them to pass as humans, they're given human tissue. Sort of makes sense, but then also human memories, which makes no sense. No. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean, like pass by, pass as humans? Are they getting blood tested? Are they getting yeah. like what is what is challenging their notion that they are not human? And why do they need blood and tissue and yes, a heart? Yeah. Are they having bowel movements or something? Like, Ugh. what are they doing? If if you're trying to pass off an American scientist to other countries, someone who can go in and discreetly like investigate other countries and be shown, you know, invited into back rooms, what have you. Why would you design it after the one person who might be capable of building an exact copy <laughs> of themselves? Like wouldn't wouldn't you be, oh, you're the you're the robot spy person yeah. and you right. want to see my factor like no get <laughs> out of here wait yeah that's a good point because eve also has high security clearance mm-hmm. she also like has all this knowledge of how to create robots and they put all of that into a robot that has the ability to go rogue mm-hmm. like it gets shot by a bullet which i i would have thought they had trained espionage robots how to sustain that or be bulletproof which they are but it just reminded me a lot of the lightning from Chopping Mall, where it's just like, okay, this one thing, and oh my god, the robot's evil now. Like it's just, it makes no sense. They don't take time to explain mm-hmm. it. But again, don't give them the, the security clearance and all. Like, it has all that private information with the government probably in this robot's memory. Yeah, but to even to dig in further on that, the Eve Eight has all of Doctor Eve's memories, so she's an academic. Mm-hmm who has been working on this robot project. What Dr. Um, Eve Simmons doesn't have, presumably, is combat training. Mm-hmm. Why would you put Dr. Eve's, like, <laughs> like? so are there also memories of how to use a, like, a machine gun and how to do all this other stuff that, like, um, Eve 8 is able to do? Because yeah. if she's able to do that without the memories, then why put the memories in? My guess, and this was me trying to fill in the blanks of the movie, doing more work than I should have, but... The way that Eve, Dr. Eve talked about the robots is that like this is my life's work. I put everything into this. Like They weren't going to be successful otherwise. So I, what I thought narratively in my head was just like, okay, so in order to make these robots, they need it to look like someone. They need it to have a memory. Again, don't know why. Um, no one was willing to do it, and so she did that. To, to in order to advance her project to get the funding whatever it was that she needed she's like well i'll use my body and my memories and steve was willing to do it steve, steve is still willing to yeah do it. well oh both steves <laughs> in the movie and and the one here at the panelist are both willing to do it if if the process of involving them taking my memories means i no longer have those memories that would be even better <laughs> <laughs> um so um in these cuts back and forth between when we see Eve eight and then we go back to the war room. Um, finally, Dr. Eve like um, leaves her like home with her son and then comes to the, um, the war room and we first see her with uh, Gregory Hines's character. So for my next question, do you remember when Eve asks him about his specialty? What's his response? 
She asks him, what, what is your specialty? You, you've been learning about me. I clicked too soon because <laughs> I remembered that it was, I'm going to give it away for whoever is going to get it next, but uh, it is some sort of food. And, but I cannot, now I can't remember what it is. I think he says something like, well, my specialty is like a pasta linguine, but it's oh. not that. And I, now I don't know what it is. It's not that. It's hot dogs. No, it's not that. Um, that did activate something for me. I think it was like a one a, of your memories. Ba- a memory, yeah. <laughs> uh, like a, a basil sauce, so- like tomato sauce. Or uh, you guys are close. Um, I kind of want to. I want to give it to Bob because it was a pasta. So he said, "My specialty: spinach lasagna, mm-hmm. very light in tomato and basil sauce. In basil sauce, very light on the tomato in basil sauce, and like." He's telling jokes. At this point, he knows there's a terrorist robot on the loose, and he's like a fa- like the guy for anti-terrorism. But he's got like jokes for Doctor <laughs> Eve. I I have one more thing to say about the the spy craft. So traditionally, with spies, you know, you have a celebrity, you have someone who's an actor or maybe a sports star, someone who again won't raise a ton of suspicion and can't give up any proprietary information. Mm -hmm. Scientists, same thing. You want to send them over because people want to learn from them, even though they can give proprietary information. If you're sending a spy robot, you are giving them the proprietary information mm-hmm. right oh there. yeah if they capture that's the, the robot, robot yeah that's, that's the yeah. thing they want yeah, yeah they, so. they find the usba slot in there and then suddenly right. they've got like all the they have the doctor who created the spy robots memories mm-hmm. that they can just download mm-hmm. from yeah it. exactly like yeah. you've got it all there you can figure out how to make an eve like that yeah. how hard could it be yeah <laughs> I, I don't know but for my next question so now that um, all of our characters are in the war room. Uh, they have like um, their explanation for why she's on the loose. Does anybody remember what they say? Why she's on the loose? Yeah, why Eve Eight is on the loose. Um, I think and this is not what you need, but um, e, she got a bullet shot into her, and that caused her to go rogue or haywire. No, that's that basically that's exactly okay. what I'm looking for. I think I, I don't have the exact quote, but it's like she got shot and it screwed up her internal workings, which is a huge liability for an espionage yeah. robot. I a, a, a supposed to be able to use combat. With yeah. A nuclear you know, like, bomb inside. Right. A rope. Yeah. I remember that line because they just did not give you any details on it. They just wanted like a quick exposition to be like, okay, she got shot and then it, now she's evil and gone crazy. And like, yeah. and then they never, no one questions it. No one says, why did you make an espionage robot that has an evil switch on it or a yeah. function? Like no one ever, like they just kept moving on. Yeah. So she has a battle ready mode. Cause that's, yeah. they talk yeah, specifically battle about ready battle ready mode. mode. And this was uh, like a part where I just realized as I was doing that, I'm like, wait, Steve the robot can't tie a tie, but they put a <laughs> battle mode into their um, head. And then one of the two people, either um, the bureaucrat or the general, says, in battle ready mode, she won't take orders from a superior officer, which is not <laughs> yeah. what you want in your battle ready mode. Who designed that? Right. Yeah. This is the military we're talking about. You always report to someone. I also love how he, uh, they said, like, she's in battle ready mode. And he goes, What's that? I was like, <laughs> 
<laughs> Are you kidding? Like it's pretty self-explanatory, yeah. man. Also, again, for Eve giving this robot her likeness, I would not want to have a robot that has my likeness that has a battle-ready mode. Mm-hmm. It could be off. Like, yeah, they were talking about making it a weapon for war. That's still like there's gonna be video out there of your face murdering people and, mm-hmm. and at war and and oh yeah, I don't know. So many. Questions. Well, it's not like battle-ready mode will be triggered unless like she takes a, a small fall or she like is mm-hmm. in some way like somebody says something rude to her someone on the sub. Yeah, yeah, someone antagonizes her in any way. And in this movie, she exclusively interacts with men who are pieces of shit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's, other than Gregory Hines, who also calls her a bitch at the end of the movie, like, no one that she interacts with who's a man is, like, a good person in this yep. movie. For once, I support the robot in this movie. Yeah. I felt that she had every right to do everything that she did. Yeah, she maybe- never actually did anything. Like, she never asked for that as a robot, but she was antagonized the entire time, kept yeah. getting thing, and then dealt with the patriarchy the way she felt fit. So I support her. Yeah, now I'm now that I'm thinking about it, maybe they were about to send her out into the streets of San Francisco and they're like, maybe we should add a battle ready mode before we send her <laughs> out there because she's gonna be dealing like right like from the get go weird greasy guys with late 80s haircuts are going to be bothering her this whole movie a nuclear bomb has a battle ready mode (laughs) this is a world that we're living in currently where deep fake pornography is a big issue Mm -hmm. why would you create a robot with your exact specifications (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh good like great like north korea captured your robot oh and they're having to do a bunch of weird stuff and they're sending it to you it's like oh here it is like committing atrocities that now you personally are being blamed yeah Yeah. it felt so unnecessary to give the exact body type Mm -hmm. of yourself to a robot a hundred percent there's creative people out there they can think of something new Mm -hmm. so then we next cut to eve eight in a hotel room where we see a scene from the terminator where she is like got um she's repairing herself she's a robot in a hotel room repairing herself from a gunshot not quite as exciting as the one with Arnold in it where they made the whole prosthetic face that he like takes the eye yeah, out of and everything he's taking like a bullet out of his eye in the terminator right like, I, so I don't think much... he's, ta- he's repairing something that I think is behind his eye I don't remember if he's taking but he has to take the eye out and then like pull out the chip yeah. and then put the other chip and in that, or whatever the way that scene's filmed in the terminator with the mirror and looking at it all is yeah. just so great and this was just kind of like she looks down like ooh sees the bloody mess and then yeah. it just moves which on. she can't feel because it's all cosmetic but she she is she's acting like she's supposed to be hurt like as yeah. if they didn't tell her like actually the this is all cosmetic the robot shouldn't feel pain i think this is a good time to bring this up at some point they say like she has a heart but you know it's just to i think say they said something like simulate like that mm. she has real like organs of, which i assume is like in case somebody opened her up and saw that she had a heart but like the moment you see under her skin in the bullet wound, it's very clear she's like a robot. Yeah, she's and got so, like wires sticking yeah, out. Yeah, right. Stuff. It's like, what do you need that heart for? Yeah. You're like, come on. How do you fit a whole atomic bomb inside of someone who has all of their organs? <laughs> it's like, a great yeah, it question. It must have been a tiny bomb. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like she's got one kidney, but then they took the oh, other the kidney. Other yeah, the is where the bomb is. Kidney-shaped bomb, yeah. Yeah. She would set off a metal detector. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's, no, there's no like pretense of the, or getting through security. Like, <laughs> yeah. She's setting off the medical detector. There, there was no reason for her to have blood or a heart or anything mm-hmm. like that. It just and like all those little camera shots they had of going through her like bone or whatever or going through the body. It looked like you know a 
sci- a biology class from the 90s, like one of those little animated videos. And that felt unnecessary too, because there's also wires in there. Why are you trying to show just how human this thing is? Mm-hmm. So yeah. very, that was a weird, like they kept going back to it. It was very weird when they would like travel through the body. Yeah, yeah. well, we're in luck because this next scene is when Gregory Hines basically asks all these questions <laughs> of us. Um, he's like, he says something, <clears throat> he says something like, how do we switch her off? And then Dr. Eve responds by saying, She's more human than machine. No, she's all machine. She's like top to bottom a robot. Like that's, and that's not really an answer. And um, we like, um, she says something along the lines of, she shows the schematic of Eve 8. And we learned that um, Eve 8 is like a dangerous killing machine, but destroying her spine will neutralize her, which is what happens when you destroy the spine of a regular, yeah. like SB, like a field agent. You could, you could also break her leg and she wouldn't be able to walk yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And you can also put bullets in her eye, which mm-hmm. is also something that a human, like you put a bullet in a human's eye and it'll also be neutralized. Um, so they're explaining all these things, which the movie seems to want it both ways where it's like, here are her weaknesses but like we're also showing that she like would be really hard to destroy. But all her weaknesses, except the heart, are mm-hmm. like again things that you could do to neutralize a regular person. So it's like, oh, so we're basically just fighting a regular person. But um this doesn't um stop Gregory Hines from getting in a joke. Does anybody remember the joke that he says at the end of this scene when they're like describing how to um kill um Eve? I thought it was pretty good, so I wanted to include it. Oh, no, I don't remember the full yeah. thing. Yeah. So um, it's right after um, Eve is, Dr. Eve is is like explaining like a bullet in her left or right eye would neutralize her. And then he says, so I guess the eyes have it. And then oh, it cuts right. away. Yeah. And I'm like, again, like. You kind of see like the glimpses of what this movie could have been. Mm-hmm. It's like he says he says like two jokes in the whole movie, and I'm like, wait, does he is he a jokey guy? Because all the other times he's yelling, <laughs> he sells the two jokes that he tells. Mm-hmm. Have, have we heard Van Damme make that exact same joke? I feel like we've heard that joke. <sighs> it's in too hard movie. to tell. Yeah, <laughs> the eyes have it. Yeah, or maybe even Seagal said it. The eyes have it. Yeah. Yeah, the next question I have here, this they're like suiting him up. They like give him all the stuff he needs. We get his he gets his interesting gun, which they never speak to again in the movie. It's like Mm -hmm. this seems like most things in this movie. Yeah, it seems like an interesting future. It's like oh, it's got this cool scope on it. Not not really. It's like oh, is it special? And no, no, it's it's a gun. Um, He looks cool with it on the on the title like card of this movie. Um, So. We also get the call signs for this. What were the call mm. signs in this movie that we get? Okay, so uh, Homer is the like home base. Because, um, uh, you know, you call them when you want the information or if you want the Iliad written. Yeah. Um, and then he is... Why, you little? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't! He is a seeker. I believe is his call sign. He's and been searching low and high. It's yes. because he's really good at Quidditch too. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah, right. He's a, he's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah clearly, for yeah. sure. Finders. Um, and uh, there is a, uh, there is a third one I noticed. Uh, did you want that one or because they only mentioned the two? I think. So there's actually a bunch scene. when oh. they get to the. But yeah, what are some of the other ones that? You uh, well, the only other one that I noticed was the helicopter pilot is Eagle. 
Yeah, there's yeah. there's like in the scene where they're at her dad's house, they they like introduce like a bunch of other call signs. But I wanted like the Homer and the Seeker one yeah. because mm-hmm. it like until that scene, they're the only two people on this seemingly closed call about like a secret robot that's gone rogue. Why would they need call signs? Like, is this an open <laughs> channel? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, are there, it's like, can a little kid with a CB radio like tune in? And how far away are they right. that a radio works to the war room? Like, it's like walkie talkie, like looking, but it's like cell phone rules. Yeah. So that opens up a question because something I thought was going to happen in this movie, but sort of does, but doesn't quite, is that the robot would have like robot powers. Where it can like oh, intercept can, calls. He intercept stuff. calls. So that does happen. No, I, I know. That's what I was about to it's say. It's not explained. Well, do you have a question oh, about yeah. it? Later? Yeah, much later. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, but you yeah. do have a question. Yeah, I have a question oh, okay, about it. Yeah. But yeah, there's. I remember it. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. No. <laughs> I remember it now. But even if they just used Homer and Seeker, all the other information they give. Is like who cares if Gregory? They're saying Gregory Hines's character's name, or they're calling him Seeker. Like all the information about the e, they're like Homer here. There's a nuclear robot like running around <laughs> New, New York, and he's it's armed. It's like none of the who cares if we don't know the yeah. name of the person. Um, Especially aren't I guess there's more than two we find out later on, but like call signs are more just like for a lot of people. Like it seems like a direct yes. communication. Yeah, it's a direct communication. Yeah. So and then we also get this complication thing where I forget which of the two characters says it, but to Gregory Hines, but it's like um, we won't tell anyone that she's a robot. Instead, we'll say that there's a dangerous female terrorist running around Northern California, which is a smart because it would be much harder to explain to somebody that she's a robot. Mm -hmm. But it also seems just as embarrassing and um, panic inducing that there's a dangerous female terrorist running around Northern California, especially because she's not dangerous until she's provoked. Like she does not. And yeah, she murders a lot of people. I'm not trying to overlook that, Mm -hmm. but she really only attacks when she's provoked. So to have like people be like, Oh my God, there's that dangerous female terrorist. Get her. Like that's how you cause the danger. Mm -hmm. If, if only there was a single word that they could tell people to not say (laughs) to strangers. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, this is also the scene where we find out that Eve eight has a driver's license and a credit card. (laughs) (laughs) Naturally. Yeah. Does anybody have a social security number? I don't know. Um, so Eight, does I the, think. <laughs> my next question here, did anybody notice the name that is on the um, credit card? It comes up over like the screen because it's Eve, but it's not Eve Simmons. Um, if not, um, the name is Eve Vixen for some reason. Weird. Um, weird. Who's filling out the compliance forms that the <laughs> robot is, is like getting like, do, if the robot buys something, do they have to go out and like, um, contest the call? They, <laughs> they really will just send those like pre-approved letters to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Who pays for that credit card? The government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, we just transferred her memories and like her, her already, her mailbox is full of <laughs> spam for like applying for credit cards. Yeah. Imagine a congressman on the floor of Congress. Like everyone look, your tax dollars have been going <laughs> to pay for robots' wardrobes. Yeah. Look at all these votes these robots are casting at the election. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. But um, so, yeah, in, in the interest of helping that um, that congressperson um, audit the robot, what um, can anybody here list the things that they say that Eve has purchased with this credit card? Three things. Oh. Um, guns clothes and 
medical supplies? Uh, no, there's three specific things. Oh, okay. Was it the the red jacket, the red car that she's driving? Oh, that's right. And a a red hat. <laughs> oh, I thought we got them all because well. No, no, actually the. It's like not not close, honestly. <laughs> oh, no. really? No. Um, well, so I I do you remember she they, buys bullets, she buys clothes, and she buys. I'm. You're probably looking for more specific, maybe the jacket, and she buys a car. So she does buy the car and the jacket. I that never comes up oh, in their list of things. The three things that the person um, General Google says, like on the thing, because maybe she paid for the clothes with cash, like because it doesn't come up on the thing. His list is, she rented a 1990 uh, Ford Mustang and 250 rounds of ammunition. So the that was close. She also specifically requested and was given a detailed map of California. Oh, and I he talks about that. the, like that, like, because I, I quoted that specifically. They act like the detailed map of California is the scariest part. It's more they, concerning than the 250 rounds. They gloss over the 250 the rounds. They're like, and a, de- which again, a detailed map of California how how would they know from the credit card statement that she specifically requested and was given a detailed map of California? I mean, if only they knew what the world was like after 2000 with the internet and there being detailed maps available they're, at your fingertips. Yeah, how dangerous. They're all detailed. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point of having a map. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh, she bought a novelty map of yeah. the West Coast from the 1800s. Yeah, she, she went to one of those diners that have like the little like place map maps mm-hmm. of, of the America that like have little like cartoons of like yeah. stuff on don't it. Don't worry, it's not drawn to scale. There's a giant sea monster like 15 <laughs> feet from the shore. So um, what Eve does with her ammunition and car and very detailed map of California is she goes to a motel. Does anybody remember the name of the motel? It's Motel Pine Hill. And we find out later she knew where this hotel motel was, so she didn't need a detailed map <laughs> to find it. She also has Dr. Eve's memories, right? So she just goes places that Dr. Eve would know about anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, keep going. So, so much like the sun scene, I have a couple of questions in quick succession, then we can unpack this. Because Eve then goes into, I guess, the bar that's attached to the motel. Mm-hmm. So my first question is, what is the drink that she orders? It sort of it fits the theme of her like um, the things she's buying because also her Mustang is red and her jacket is red. Uh, is it a pink lady? Yep, she orders a pink lady from the bar. Oh, that was oh it. man, which I, I don't know that what that too, is. But I made a note of it because I'm like, oh, that's so funny. She's ordering a pink lady when she looks like Sandy at the end of Greece. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is a Greece look um, that she's got. More like a Greece two look, honestly. Um, so my next question: Everyone it, in the bar is greasy looking. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's some grease in this establishment. Um, so the next question is: she, uh, she goes to the jukebox. What is the song she wants to play on the jukebox? Okay, it's it's Janis Joplin. The song is and any oh god, what is that thing called? A- Every which way, but <laughs> um, it's it's that's the way I want it, or something. The way I want it. That's it's uh, I believe it was "Get It While You Can." Get it while you Trap. can by Janet uh, Janis Joplin. So close. 
Um, that's the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He makes it. He makes a comment that's like, "Sorry, this jukebox was made before, like before Janice, yes. or, or like after, after Janice Joplin, died. after she yeah, died." So and it's was, like that's not how jukeboxes. I think yeah. Jukeboxes <laughs> only play music from people who are currently <laughs> right. living. Yeah, when, and we have no then, oldies or no old music on any jukebox. Yeah, so right. that was actually going to be my next question. Oh, she okay. says, "She says, dear." The, the the greasy guy who slithers up to her, he says, Dear, Janice was dead before this box was even built, which that also is confusing. So <laughs> so they only have living people in the jukebox and they once they're dead, it's like sealed in amber, like yeah. they can't ever right. open it again. Janice Joplin was only alive and doing music for like a limited amount of time. Is that the only time jukeboxes were allowed to play her <laughs> yeah. music? Am I not allowed to listen to Janice now? Yeah, a few yeah. years later when Kurt Cobain tragically died, they went and they ripped all of the Nirvana <laughs> records out I of l- that jukebox. I like to think they like raised the records to the rafters. Oh, the rafters, sort of like retiring a jersey. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, but yeah, so I have one last question. Now that we've, we've um, met with... Um, Eve 8 has met the evil Chuck Norris that is going to be like the antagonist of the next couple of scenes. Does anybody remember the pickup line he delivers? It's kind of in relation to the Janis Joplin request on the jukebox. Because this guy immediately starts being mean to this woman that he's interested in picking up. Mm-hmm. But it's it's very specific. And I'm sure as soon as somebody says it, um, you guys are going to remember may have blocked it out yeah oh yeah everything i can i don't blame you but what he says is why don't you and i step into the 90s oh god yeah (laughs) which again barely stepped into yeah yeah oh absolutely yeah Yeah. this is a movie that is like wearing the fact that it's from the 90s loud and proud but again i named like four die hard 2 came out before this and that's a line that um holly mclean um says like John, it's the '90s, fax machines, like um, <laughs> like phones on planes, like um, microwave pizzas. I think is the three <laughs> things, which is a joke. Like that's a yeah. Dine- like a like a um, D'Souza like penned like joke. It sort of makes sense. Him saying, "Why don't you and I step into the '90s?" is like the fact that this woman continues to hang out with him after he says that is like Turing test proof that she is in fact a robot. Yeah. It's- he says that. He's in like a honky tonk. Yes, he's wearing yeah. a yes. cowboy hat. Yeah, like, get the hell out of here, it's, my man. Yeah, uh, the honky tonks all over Northern California. Like it really does feel like she's she's like driven into like um the kind of the heartland of the U.S. But it's mm-hmm. you have to remember this is like within driving distance of San Francisco, wherever they are. Yeah, it's like him and his buddies are the only people in this bar, and they just mm-hmm. casually talk about assaulting her before yeah. time. Oh yeah, and assaulting group like group assaulting group her. Assaulting like, her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, we're this is gonna be a like a dicey couple of scenes to talk <laughs> about, but that's actually the end of the second round. So you have to wait for the third round to hear us talk about that. Does somebody want to read the scores out? Oh yeah. Yes. So in third place is Steve with two points. I'm still in second with six, and Bob has taken a bigger lead with ten. All right, one more round to go. Now we're back in the helicopter. Um, Gregory Hines and Dr. Eve are talking um, without any sort of like earphones or anything in the helicopter, famously loud vehicles. Um, so 
he is trying to get information about Eve, which might help him like figure out what Eve 8 is going to do. So the first question I have, what does um, her ex-husband do like for a job? They talk about it in this scene. The uh, teacher. No, he's not a teacher. They listed all the things they talked about on her resume, but I didn't pay attention to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, movie. maybe it was too loud in the helicopter for you to hear them like talking about <laughs> this it. This movie left my memory immediately. <laughs> well, after it, went, it. it left your memory and reminded your robot's yeah, memory. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe um, that's why. So um, he's a UN diplomat turned writer, journalist wow. mostly. Okay, oh, I, I don't that's, remember that. Oh, that's maybe someone you would want a robot of. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's. I thought that was her thing. I got that confused then because I had that listed as her because like it's the part where. Uh, Gregory Hines is like, well, tell me about yourself. And she's like, you probably read my file. And he's like, yeah, but tell me other things. I, I got confused. I yeah, because he's her. saying her ex-husband. That was, yeah. It, that'd be impressive if she's like the most famous robot scientist, but <laughs> also a UN diplomat and mm-hmm. writer journalist. Yeah, now that you say that, it makes more sense. <laughs> um, so, and then he talks about himself a little bit, being somebody who feels the U.S. should show more backbone against the evils in this world. What are the three joke evils he lists after at sort of the end? Does anybody remember? I can give you one of them. Mm -hmm. I remember one of them was uh, an ATM. Yeah, automated automated teller machine. Yeah, he says automated bank tellers. Oh, is this the part where he mentions the hot dog sellers? Nope. <laughs> I, I don't think the word hot dog comes up in the movie. Are you movie. sure? <laughs> I could double check for you, but um, mm. I don't have anything about hot dogs in this movie. You know, I, I just mentioned this off mic, but I, I saw the Eras Tour movie, and maybe I'm thinking of that at one point, Taylor's like, I got to get a hot dog. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen it. I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> you just wanted to get something <laughs> about the Eras Tour. <laughs> it's good. Go see it. All right. Yeah, Taylor uh, sa- Swift needs more plugging. Mm-hmm. Save it for plugs at the end. Um, do you have a guess? No, I don't remember. No. So he says the th- like more evils in the world, and th- that includes automated bank tellers, junk mail, and cars that talk back to you. Are the three things that he says? <laughs> he hates. Was Knight- that a thing? Knight- yeah. Rider. He he was but watching Night Rider. Was the yeah. joke I was going to make? But yeah. he's fine with robots. Yeah. Right. Well, I, yeah. He. But that's the thing. So then. She says something along the lines of like, so you're not a, you don't like machines, do you? And then he has some sort of thing. So I have it written down here. So it's about an 80 minute movie. About how long into this movie do we actually find out that Gregory Hines does not like machines? Um, we'll go around the room. Oh, this is a, okay. Yeah. Well, this is good because I, I watched this movie in two parts. Yeah, you and, did. <laughs> which has not helped me at all. <laughs> but maybe I remember the second half. So... I came in right around this time. I came in about an hour in. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's 50 minutes. Okay. Yeah. And you're saying like when he states that he doesn't like robots. The one and only time, which yeah. is during this helicopter ride. Um, I'm going to say it's an hour and 40. Let's say an hour. I'll go lower. I'll say like 45. So you're the closest. It's the 31 minute mark of this movie. We're only 31 minutes into this movie. (laughs) Don't worry. There's a lot to not talk about later in the movie. So 
so do they they cut back to the scene in the hotel yes room? yeah okay. so okay. the the janice joplin scene had just happened then sure, they're sure. flying to okay. the hotel that's because that's around where she had we purchased were, stuff left oh no us, there's so. a much like um the killer clowns episode we talked about recently there are a lot of scenes that happen overlapped with scenes in this yeah we cut to and from the hotel maybe 11 times or something <laughs> like that if you're listening at home and you're you plan to watch this movie, just a fun little thing is to look look for the I believe it was this helicopter scene or it might have been another helicopter scene, but it was just a very obvious like they're shaking the camera and in the background there's a fog machine going up against what's supposed to be the windshield. Yeah. Like it's very fake looking. Oh yeah, it's like high school play <laughs> yeah. level of for how great the shots of right. the helicopters are, they're like on a little like thing, yeah. like shape, like moving up and down, like yeah. yeah. Another fun thing to do if you're watching this movie is you can you can take your head and like turn it to the left and look out a window is good. <laughs> like if you have your phone, you can like look down at that is fun. Turn to a loved one, <laughs> give them a hug. Um, so now we go back to the hotel when Eve Eight and Evil Chuck Norris are starting to get intimate, and. Um, Something makes Eve upset. I think it's because he like tries to touch where her bullet wound would be, which I guess she never Yeah. She never yeah. repaired it. We had that whole scene of in the hotel where I guess she doesn't repair it. And then um It's not like she has the memories of a of like a robot scientist or anything that she yeah. can make her own repairs. But yeah, she has memories. She would know that this isn't how people act, right? <laughs> like um and then, without going too much into the details of the scene, because there's not, it's like very strange, mm. but we find out that she doesn't like to be called a bitch in this scene, mm-hmm. which is Under, a bum. Understandable. Which, yeah, yeah but most yeah. women don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, because this guy, he seems to be like, this seems to be working whatever he does but the way he acts he acts like he's never interacted with a woman before (laughs) which might be true which that i believe yeah yeah it's a bummer that she doesn't like to be called a bitch because every male she encounters from this point on in this movie either calls her a bitch or brandishes a weapon (laughs) at her or in most cases both Mm -hmm. and then um so she like attacks him and then attacks his two buddies who are like waiting at the door like little rascal oh style like one of them yeah. has him. one of them has a gun and one of them has a knife so they only had the best of intentions at this like like this high class um, I have to say I also laughed out loud when that knife came out because it's like a huge oh, yeah. it's like a oh, crocodile yeah. Dundee knife he pulls out yeah again like... these guys went to a bar to like drink with their friends and one of the guys has like a Bowie knife like a machete <laughs> on him um, and so she dispatches those people and then we get this shootout with the cops which Again, it is is framed fine. Like if you saw this on like twenty four, you'd be satisfied with the action in this movie. It's just in service of nothing. Yeah. Um, and so I this was something that I couldn't figure out how to include into a question, but I thought it was it was very charming and, and it's from like a different scene. So Heinz like um they land the helicopter. He tells Eve not to get out of the helicopter, which makes total sense mm-hmm. because yeah. a lot of people have seen her gun down many people. <laughs> yeah. But she leaves the um helicopter as quickly as it like it's like trying to tell a cat like not to leave the helicopter or something <laughs> like that. She like wanders out like immediately. So Heinz meets up with the local like sheriff and then the sheriff said says, "You must be the Fed, Mikhail." And then he goes, "McQuaid." Yeah, whatever. 
It's like his response. And then I'm like, this is the first act of like mass violence like that you've seen, man. Don't be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's again, it's sort of funny. I'm like, oh, is this guy going to be kind of bumbling or no? He, he's pretty by the book and kind of forgettable for the rest of the movie, but he like forgets the guy's <laughs> name and he's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You mentioned that Eve jumps out of the helicopter. Like for the rest of the movie, she puts herself and others in danger oh. by yes. rushing into it. It's like, she's in battle ready. Mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then um, we still get the radio working. I, I noted that I'm like, where are we now that the radio still works in the war room? <laughs> and then um, we go into the freezer where um, Eve and Gregory Hines have like a big like shouting match, and again, this is like both their Oscar reels here in this in this like uh, freezer for the imaginary world where this has any sort of um, buzz. I guess their Razzie like reels are yeah. in this one. Um, so um, I've got a couple of questions here in the freezer. How does Eve know about this place? Um, that's something they find out in this scene. Well, she says that I forget the exact language that she uses, but uh, she says this is a bar where like sex workers come. Yeah. And then she says that it was like her sort of she had a sort of fantasy that she, of coming here as mm-hmm. a teen. And so that's why the robot is coming, because it, the robot has her memories, but not her inhibitions. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and then so. This is again Gregory Hines os- oscillates from not seem being nonplus about stuff that happens to like blown away by something's happened. So, um, can one of you guys finish this line by Gregory Hines? So this device of yours is blank, as well as blank. I guess mm-hmm. um, horny as well as dangerous. Basically, I'll give you that. It was horny as well as psychopathic. Mm. So this device of yours is horny as well as psychopathic. Uh, that seems that. that seems like it's a line for the trailer. It's like, yeah. it's oh, like oh, oh, come yeah. watch this movie. We've got a robot that is horny and psychopathic. I, I, so, yeah, um, I have a question here because this is also where they explain about her origins because much like in a lot of Arnold's movies, they don't really address the fact that they have an accent because she kind of has a pretty heavy Dutch accent. Can anybody for a question explain to me like how, like where she was living for her life sort of, they, she sort of explains it here. Yeah, so um, I can just make this. So they explain in this scene, she was born in the U.S., she, when she was very young, she was she moved to her grandparents in um, Europe until she's sixteen, and then she came back, which isn't a good enough explanation about why she has a straight Dutch accent. Is that accent. all they say that she just moved to Europe? Like not? Yeah, <laughs> Europe. Yeah, you know, it's such a small little like area. She says yeah. Europe, and then she comes back. Well, it apparently didn't impact her at all because we don't see any of her memories from that time. <laughs> Yeah, and then this is also revealed that she's like estranged with her father, who's named mm-hmm. Bill Simmons, which I assume is the sports um, and culture critic and podcaster, Bill <laughs> Simmons. We cut to Eve 8 driving during the day, so we know time has passed. And then she gets cut off by a hateful stereotype of somebody who works at the business factory. <laughs> so if you'll indulge me, I have... I'm going to do a dramatic reading of the one-sided phone call that the, that oh, yeah. the yes, guy has please. where when he after he cuts her off. So he cuts her off 
And then he gets on the phone and he goes, you just shut up and listen to me a second. You and I made a deal, right? Don't fuck with me like this. It's business. Business are business, Charlie. Friendship has nothing to do with it, right? No, listen, shut up a minute, will you? And listen to me. Are you with the program or are you not with the program? Now, which is it? And when I get in, I want everybody smiling, spit polished. All right. What the? <laughs> like he's, His name might as well just been like guy generic. <laughs> yeah. Like sort of wolf on Wall Street or something mm-hmm. like that. Without needing to specify what he, like any, any detail in that whatsoever. Yeah. Man Jobbington. Yeah. yeah man Jobbington. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. White, like, white corporate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you not read the art of the deal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All but, yeah. They, I'm surprised they didn't try to get Trump in yeah. this 91 Trump. He would have been in your movie. Yeah. I guess if he might not have let himself die in it. Um, imagine if he was in the lobby of the motel. She's in. Yeah. He's yeah, like, he which way to the, like, the jukebox. The, yeah. Which Man. way to the jukebox. <laughs> imagine he was in a movie where he uh, was he treated a woman poorly and there was consequences. Yeah. Yeah, he had to really yeah. method act to call somebody a bitch. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he wouldn't have been able to help himself. He would have had to die in this movie. He's never stopped <laughs> method acting since. Um, so in this scene, we also get the... Um, she gets activated. Does, can For the next question, can anybody explain to me how she's activated? Um she there's a collision she hits into the car and then she kind of like jerks forward a little bit and i think at the command center they talk about like that she was had a sudden like accident or collision Mm -hmm. that activated her which does not seem like a lot when you're letting her loose in the world Mm -hmm. yeah so if she gets in a fender bender she arms her nuclear (laughs) device who Uh, designed this yeah i think it's what is that car that ralph nader was always on about oh the the pinto the pinto (laughs) yeah yeah it's like the pinto but much much worse yeah (laughs) yeah all the cars except the mustang in this are like cars that have been lost to time because (laughs) later we get that guy who's driving that jeep Mm -hmm. that looks like a jeep from like 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 the set of mash or something like Mm -hmm. that that's painted all like orange or whatever um so now um Dr. Eve has to explain to Gregory Hines about the nuclear, and he looks so tired as they're explaining it to her. It's great. It truly is like, I I felt so connected to him when he's like, just so upset that the, (laughs) like, like he's not even sighing. It's like, it's like the sigh is implied. Um, And then this is, he has this great line, which you mentioned trailers. I'm sure there's like, 11 different trailers for this movie where they use all different stuff except that when god created his eve he did to <laughs> shake us up a bit now you've gone and gone one better yeah. and designed one to blow us all the fuck away which i guess they can't include fuck in a trailer but like that that line barely makes sense in the movie <laughs> but it would make a ton of sense in a trailer like god created eve to shake us up a little bit mm-hmm. like, that also gave me pause i was like <laughs> what <laughs> is that why eve was invented i thought man was lonely mm-hmm. yeah i don't know I, I i wouldn't go to this movie for your theological <laughs> yeah. like sort of scholarship research, yeah 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 the my whole like second wave feminism dissertation is based solely on this movie. So, <laughs> um, so then we get another scene from the Terminator franchise. I need to borrow your Jeep. Where Wait, she is oh. this the same scene? Because I did like this part where he's yelling at her about the nuclear bomb. Rightfully so, you're putting a nuclear bomb in a robot. Um, but did he say something along the lines, or am I jumping ahead? Where he's just like. 
Um, the next time you use like taxpayers' dollars to create a nuclear bomb, make sure you put on a fucking off switch. Because uh, I love that part. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember what scene that is, but that could have been in every scene that yeah. Gregory Hines was in. I guess after this part, and then I he just, knows where there's a. I, it, there's only like two more scenes where he yells at Doctor Eve. Yeah. So it's either this one or the one okay. in her father's house. So yeah, you're I think, not jumping I think ahead. it was not the father's house. I think it was that. But yeah. They're I, in like I a, do remember just like nodding along, being like, "Yeah, he's right." Yeah, they're in like a military mess hall. It looks like like it's one of those buildings that's sort of like a round shaped like <laughs> building. So I don't know where that is relative yeah. to the motel because that's where they are and then another question i know this is an action movie but is there any other function for a nuclear bomb having a 24-hour countdown besides if you're trying to stop a nuclear bomb like why is that a procedure where the bomb is activated but not for 24 hours is there something strategic to that I guess in, if you have other people you want out of the blast radius, you give them like time to do that. But you're absolutely right because <laughs> there's a lot of periods of time where uh, intentionally or unintentionally, Eve could be transported away from where they want the bomb to blow up. Yeah. Yeah, they were putting the bomb into the robot and they were like, okay, I think we're all finished. Oh, wait, what if this needs to be used as like a plot device to build tension? Let's put a timer exactly. on it, 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. She's the, autonomous. The she doesn't have a remote control, right. so she can go anywhere. And, and within 24 hours, if they're actually trying to nu- like activate a nuclear bomb. It's like not It's not a practical design for a nuke either. Like, they, <laughs> like the whole thing is you yeah. drop them out of the sky, they blow up above the city and yeah. then level everything. Like yeah. you're blowing up like a couple of buildings, if you, which is yeah. not good. Not good yeah. by any stretch <laughs> no, of the No, the way that they but. would use nu- a nuclear bomb with Eve is like how only exclusively how terrorists use nuclear weapons. Because yes. if you're a state that's using nuclear weapons, you telegraph that you're going to use the like that is a huge part of use of like the mm-hmm. mutually assured destruction where you like tell mm-hmm. people that we could use this if you cross this red line. Yeah. If you secretly put a nuke somewhere and set it off, that's exclusively terrorism. Yeah. There's no <laughs> there's no other because you can use non-nuclear bombs to blow things up right. like covertly. Yeah. Yeah. You can only use a nuclear bomb co- to covertly blow it up if you're committing terrorism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having it being a nuclear device is a huge problem. <laughs> like for one, she's probably radioactive a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> like two, like as you were saying, like it traces back immediately to you. <laughs> yeah. Like get a regular explosive device in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is war crimes. And, yeah, and this is one thing that may I don't. Does the movie hand wave this away? You could like, like do an EMP on her, right? Wouldn't that knock her out? Or no? My suspicion would be yes. At the very least, the nuclear device would probably get knocked out. But they never like yeah. go into that sort of logistics. Um, there's a lot of shut up, shut up, shut up in this movie. <laughs> um, but now we go back to Eve eight, and she's driving to her estranged father's house. And this next question's kind of open ended. Can somebody explain to me how she finds out like where her father lives? So uh, it's not super well explained. No. I feel like, it, but. That somehow she says that she knows when she finally meets him, she says that she knows through like somebody he knows, like a friend. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, like, you know, Sergeant so-and-so, I forget who the person is, is like told me where to find you. And he's like, oh, I can't believe you remembered that person. Something like that. But uh, this brings up a really fun thing that I remembered in the movie, which is when uh, like 
general google or whoever is like doing the look up they're like we need to find the dad like find out where he is and he goes onto the computer and he's like typing things in i love in like old movies where like you can type anything into a computer and get the answer that you're looking for like you can't even 100 percent do that today yeah. like but at this time like one of the things he types in is like he types in the name of the dad and then he types in like so and so's comrades, yeah. and I'm like, where is there a database <laughs> that comrades, has like yeah. a list of people yeah. that you are friends with before Facebook? Like, so I think what that is supposed to be a list of is people that he was also served with, with in the yeah, served yeah, with yeah, in the military. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's possible their unit had a like a Facebook, like not not the Facebook, but like a fa- <laughs> yeah, like, right, like right. a literal a Facebook. literal Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she says. Um, I know your friend, Victor Montoya, and I wrote down here, his name is Victor Montoya. You killed my mother, <laughs> yeah. prepared to die. Um, I thought that too. I did yeah. too. Pretty good. Yeah. I wrote down his name like, oh my God, did I miss a character? Mm-hmm. Was he here this whole time? No. And so what I think the movie wants us to believe is that Eve is able to access the computer. Eve 8 is able to access the computer because he, Victor Montoya is one of the people that comes up like at the top okay. of like his army buddies. But we never see Victor Montoya and we never are established that Eve is able to do anything with computers, yeah. really. There is one thing later that hasn't happened mm, yet. That but, I will yeah. buzz in for. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, that's my I guess, third point. Like, because uh-huh. the dad kind of like compliments her about, like, oh, wow, I can't believe you remember that. Like, maybe it was a memory that he, she had. She, he says, I never knew you knew Victor. Oh, And never so mind. Okay. I don't think he would, ha- she would have any reason to know him because she was whatever like six when okay. when he she the last time she saw him and so Five, i do almost six yeah or yeah that's i yeah <laughs> okay good i was right about that that was a totally guess the next question i have here because now the nuclear device is armed so the people in the war room know it gregory hines knows it and so we've got kurt fuller doing some great sleazy work here <laughs> What are the countries that he says the we could um, Quantico could pin this on if it goes south? Um, I think he says we can blame the Iraqis or the Libyans, depending on who's on your shit list. Yeah, right now. that's almost exactly right. Yes, the Iraqis or Libyans, whoever's on the top of your shit list. So yeah, he's doing some great like like kind of sleazy work, which <laughs> that might be the last scene that he has in this mm-hmm. movie. Which again, he earned every dollar he earned, like on like with what's like left in there. But you feel like there was some sort of arc for his character being sort of like the deceiving guy or yeah, something or having consequences fall on him eventually yeah but there he's he's all of the secrets that he's hiding have been revealed about eve and so he shuffles back <laughs> into his trailer and that's the end of his involvement in this movie i guess that computer lied at the beginning of the movie when it's like this is the highest security clearance there was something higher you didn't know he she was a yeah. nuclear bomb <laughs> yeah if they had kept playing that rob video eventually <laughs> yeah. it would have been like and we put nukes in them for and some pause, reason pause, 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 pause. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> You don't want to hear the rest of it. It basically goes into like, you know, they do the plugs at the end and then they there's like the post credits yeah. sort of thing. But there's, it's not that it's never good. There's a part where the guy comes up and says, now, everyone who doesn't have this clearance, look away. Yeah. And everyone who does put on your 3D glasses. <laughs> um, so now we get the like the whole army descends on Bill Simmons's house slash podcasting studio. But they only send Gregory Hines in yeah, for some I, reason. That was weird. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then Gregory Hines goes in and he finds the late podcaster on the floor. <laughs> and Eve is hiding in a closet right outside Waiting. of. Yeah. And then um, they're like fighting in the house. And then Dr. Eve talks the robot down saying that, no, Gregory Hines didn't kill our mother, which did. Did the robot think yeah, that like, why? I why thought she just killed the guy who she knew murdered her mother. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I have that. So she so already why? killed the guy. So why did she think someone else also did it? Yeah, I I might have been confused by this because oh, it's confusing. Don't worry. They cut to that scene, the, the like the flashback scene that's the memory, and isn't it the dad? Throwing her into traffic. <laughs> yes. Oh, we no. We yeah. haven't begun talking okay, about. Okay. And then arguing yeah. with the driver about. Okay. Because they're like, no, like she's like, look into your memory, look back. He didn't do it. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> and then we show he like picks her up and. <laughs> <laughs> in front of her there are a lot of people throwing their family members in this movie. Yes. It's I've not... been waiting for you to use the word "ye," yeah. and I'm sure it will happen again. This I know made it will me happen. laugh and laugh. <laughs> like I like had to control myself. I because I, again I wasn't like super honed into into what was happening, but it was like look back, like and then the. The like the chimes yeah and and then he's like like you darn and then throws her into in front of a car I'm like he did do it yeah yeah but Gregory Hines didn't but she said yeah remember why you just murdered that other guy it's because he did it and not Gregory Hines yeah I would love if the robot like to explain it they do like the chimes and sort of the fade in and then they have they have Gregory Hines it's like do the exact same thing as the other actor did and it keeps like switching people that it's like this it's like they see Timmy throw like the wait, mom <laughs> wait 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 if maybe i'm remembering this wrong and this doesn't have to be in there but wasn't he still alive the dad when he's, she first comes in you are right he's she, still like he's he's sort of like bleeding yeah, and he's yeah, like yeah. he's like subdued okay. but he's like basically dead yeah. she has the like she snaps his neck like he's zod oh, at that's the end right. of yeah. Superman yes <laughs> yes that's no you're exactly right okay. yeah there we kind of skip over this it's again shot perfectly adequately a like a scene kind of in service of nothing nothing that interesting happens in it like there's the character the the actor who's not tim ross is like can't we go in and they're like no you can't go in i wrote the colonel is literally phoning in his performance here because i don't even know if we come back to the war room it's just his voice like no you can't go in you have to let gregory hines do the whole thing for some reason and um so um then we sit down with eve again and it's like so what is it now you're not telling me gregory hines and so she's like she says this um confession and every confession that eve makes is like just a step too dramatic so she's like talking and one of the lines i wrote down is he was very drunk too drunk to drive because normally he was drunk when he was driving Mm -hmm. but at this one time he was too drunk to drive this is like some john wayne levels of drunk driving um And then, like, the memory of her in the car and then, like, the mom out in the rain, like, um, yelling at him. And he says, I'm not drunk. I'm happy. (laughs) And uh, you can hear this. So this is we're listening to Eve, like, little Eve's memories of Mm -hmm. this. It's pouring out and she's inside of a closed car. But it sounds like they're having this conversation, like, in the car next to her, even like 10 feet as opposed to 10 feet away. Everything that they're saying is like crystal clear to her and then 
he like pushes the mom into traffic. He gets hit by a car. The the driver of the car, like understandably, comes out and she, he's like, "Oh my god, what happened?" <laughs> and the, the the dad says, "I don't know," which is not what you say <laughs> when you pushed your wife in front of a car, or when you're two feet away watching it happen. Like if you're trying to say, "I didn't push her," then yeah. you say something else besides, "I don't know." Yeah, he says, "I don't know," which like floored me. I might have like paused and rewind that like three times. I'm like. <laughs> How can I make this into a question? Like, no one's going to remember that because it's just so bizarre that, like, he he's, he's like his wife was just hit by a car, presumably fatally so, even though the car doesn't look like it's going that fast. And then he's like, oh, I, I don't know what happened. Like, you, you two seem to be arguing outside your car in the rain, and then she fell right in front of my car. Yeah. So there's, what happened? There's no way he wouldn't be jailed for this oh, crime yeah. as yeah. we saw it. Like, how do you spin that? You have a witness. Like, he's going down. Yeah. I'm someone, sorry. Someone later on makes a comment about it. I might have been Eve. I might have been the uh, military guys. I kind of forget now. But someone said, like, whether he pushed her or whether he's, like, um, did something else? It was it was his fault. He's the one who did. It's like no, he pushed her. Yeah, like, there was no, there's yes, no it doubt. It was definitely his fault. There's no doubt. But yeah, like, and there was a witness to it. The guy in the mm. car watched it happen. Mm-hmm. Eve watched it happen. How was he not arrested? Yeah. So then Eve, where we go, and now we're back to present day. And there's two things that Eve says that floored me in this. First, she says, I kept it hidden away for so long, I was beginning to wonder if it was real. Yes, I noted that too. Your mom died. Like, it wasn't like you didn't misremember. Your mom was hit by that car. I get that there's adverse childhood trauma. She could have pushed that away. But there also would have been police reports. So, like, it definitely happened. You might have repressed the memory, but, like, it was real. Your mom's dead. That's that's the outcome of this real thing that happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the second thing, she turns to Gregory Hines and she says, it might sound crazy, but she's going through my life. No, that's like, that is what is happening. Yes. <laughs> like, it's not crazy. It's what's demonstrably happening. Mm-hmm. We figured that out two set pieces ago. Yeah. That's why we're here at your dad's house. Yeah. yeah. Because we figured that out. And I wanted to give Dr. Eve some slack because back in like the freezer scene at the bar or the hotel or whatever that was, like she makes, he makes a comment or they make a comment about like Gregory Hines saying, you have to tell us what's going to happen next. And she's like, well, no, I can't. It could be anything. I could probably only tell you like moments after it happens and explain why it happened. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like there's so many different things connected to your life and childhood. You may not know exactly what an autonomous robot's going to do next. You can explain it. But then it completely went off the rails with this part where it's just like, she's going through my life. These things happen. And I'm like, I, I lost the plot. I really didn't get it mm-hmm. from there on out. So the, for my next question, where does Dr. Eve think that Eve 8 will go next? New York. Yep. She goes to New York. Got a bi-coastal movie on our hands. <laughs> but are you sure? Are we sure? <laughs> are we sure it's New York? Uh, are we oh, sure? It's it, it looks like it was shot. I, that actually could be downtown LA. I, I oh, didn't no, notice I was any joking because of, Gregory Hines asked for like, like yeah. three oh, times. Oh, like, I'm sorry. Really yeah. You gotta be certain. That. Are you sure it's yeah. New York? And she's like... After her like saying like I can't be certain about anything, but the, then she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I would want to go to my. The city. exterior of the building they cut to looks like Jerry's apartment from. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking it's like a Woody Allen movie yeah. suddenly, yeah. or like Pope of Greenwichville. Like it's a yeah. very New York looking movie with a with some very New York looking actors in it. 
Um, Jerry, I'm dating a robot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What kind of um, uh, nickname would would Eve Eight get? If, yeah. <laughs> like, in the, it's not the man hands, or it's oh. not the loud, the soft talker. They like, were son so out of tune with who the people they were. Da- I don't think they would have noticed. That oh, she was yeah, a robot. oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's like at the end of the episode, they're like, and it turns out that the the woman that George was dating was a robot the she whole was a time. Robot. Yeah. She exploded and wiped out three city blocks <laughs> in like. She had nuke innards. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's like she was a robot. I just thought she was Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve, unfortunately, already beat me to this. Did, did anybody notice how huge those binoculars oh, yes. were? Yes. I also so made giant. a note of that. I they cracked so up. Big. I yes. laughed and I laughed so and I laughed. The, he kept putting them yeah. up too and then taking them you down. You can tell that actor was having fun with those binoculars. I thought, I thought at first it was like a forced perspective situation and then he kept doing it over. I'm like, no, those things are giant. So, so those, big. As somebody who does have a little bit of experience, those are like, you can get binoculars like that for like birding and stuff like that. But the problem with those binoculars sometimes is the range like how close you can look can sometimes be like tough they can only look like at something so close they appear to be right across the street because at the one point the um the husband is told to like look across and he can make out eve like immediately so like you want like the like normal kind of like quote-unquote normal sized binoculars to look into a of like a place that's across the street from you. Yeah. yeah, there were there were two laughs for me in this scene because one, the suddenly it's rear window. Yes, I was yeah. like, oh, okay. So then we see the it cuts across to what he's looking at, and we hear them talking. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, so, wait, so- you can't hear like he's not listening in. But then. They cut back, and it's another dude with like a, a listening, listening device, yeah. which I like also thought was silly. So, so I had two good laughs. It brings me to my next question: What is the husband doing when we first meet him? He's like putting a coat on the kid. They're getting ready to go out or something. Nope. Oh, um, you had the listening device. So. Uh, he's learning Russian. Yeah, he's learning Russian on cassette. Like he's got like the very early style headphones in, and he's like, they're like, "What is that?" It's like I think it's Russian. So um, he must be doing some UN slash journalism stuff with if Russia. Only they told us, yeah, or if it was relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this scene had a lot of really great elements into it. I thought, you know, for the, for context, you know, they're watching the um, uh, the, the Doctor Simmons's husband's apartment, knowing that you know she's going to set up. So they have all this sort of surveillance going on. But yeah, it's undercut by the silly binoculars that are enormous. Um, And also just, you know, again, I feel like this happens throughout the movie where they just, they don't give you enough context of what's going on. They just jump right in and you see a guy with binoculars looking at a street and it's not clear right away that this is a surveillance situation. You think it's a, like you said, rear window, like you think it's a rear window situation. Someone's just like spying on people. Mm -hmm. They get, they don't give the context of what it is. And I feel like that's a thing that happens a lot in this movie where Mm -hmm. they just do not establish well what's happening in the scene. Yeah. Cause this is also a part where they had new, um, um, uh, code names or code, like, uh, yes, there's, there's like 12 new call signs in this. I remember thinking like, we're almost at the end of this movie. There's new characters. (laughs) Yeah. And new and like who are these guys and like it, I, it was a very weird sort of 
not balanced like you said like not knowing who these guys were until they said like their call sign yeah, somewhere yeah. there's 20 minutes of film that's just on a cutting room floor somewhere <laughs> that they had filmed with all these guys and kind of establishing their rapport i wrote down there's great bellhop work by yeah. the guy <laughs> on the ground he's like doing that thing he's on his like heels sort of like looking around <laughs> and despite like all of the different guys with their call signs looking around eve Eight still makes it into the building. For my next question, does anybody know what tips off the men that Eve has gone into the building? And this is why I thought this scene could have been pretty good because it was yeah. interesting. As like a you know a woman comes out with a dog, and then she comes back and she doesn't have the dog, and that's what sort of tips him off. It's like where's that woman's dog? And then the the guy doesn't respond. It reminded me a little bit of uh, but just done very poorly. If you've ever seen the conversation, mm-hmm. um, which is a great movie that has a really great yeah. surveillance mm-hmm. scene uh, in the beginning, yeah, check out the conversation if you, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it. Really good surveillance scene. Movie. Yeah, and I yeah. thought that that part was good. It, it was the most like right. you know clever espionage whatever thing in the whole movie. But then it was just over, and then the rest of the movie. Yes, yeah. I've noted one thing here that might have improved the outcome of this. Um, sort of sting that they have uh, to tell the husband what's going on because they do immediately once Eve is in the building, but it's like, it's sort of, this is the one scene that sort of has a role reversal of misogyny where it seems (laughs) like something that a husband character wouldn't tell his wife in case like to upset her or something like that. But instead she doesn't tell her goofy ass husband like that. There's a robot, like even call and be like, there's somebody posing as me. Do not let them in. Right. Or yeah, something like that. That would have been enough. I guess they were waiting till like he could see her across the street in the building so he could see that there's two of them. Yeah, and uh just to in in case I might I might be stepping on what somebody was about to say, but it, there's a line that Eve says to him, You're familiar with my work, right? Mm-hmm. So he also knows that there's robots <laughs> walking around and so he has a security clearance it's not like you can even say but but he wouldn't believe that he absolutely would believe that because he believes it immediately yeah. like obviously the only help that he has is he sees his wife but like a quick phone call be like hey like we've got guys monitoring here there's somebody who will, is looking like me who wants to get into the apartment so like yeah, make sure you don't let anybody in especially when a child's safety is involved yeah yeah the the move here like Tell everyone on the floor, like yeah. get everybody the out of the yeah. building. Oh. If you're gonna use it as like a trick to get her in there, fine. Just like, like take the dad, move him to another apartment, mm-hmm. and then have your guys in the apartment where Eve is about to show yes. up. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, I think we, I think we skipped over it there, or maybe it's after this. There's a scene where she, they know, they know she's going to New York, and back at HQ. They're talking to somebody on a like on a on a video call, and the guy is like, "Well, we're gonna have to inform the president and like evacuate New York." And I was like, "Yes, that's a <laughs> sensible thing to do. Like, like one of the few sensible things that somebody says." And then they immediately, talk him down. <laughs> yeah, immediately they talk him down. The guy's like, "The guy's like, no, no, give us a chance to figure it out." And he's like, "Okay, one team, more, chance. one more chance." When they're team is two hours from a nuclear exactly yeah like yeah in one of the most like populous places on earth yeah um i I get not having like a turnoff switch or whatever how about a tracking device at the very least Mm -hmm. like a like a like a 
Apple AirTag or something. That's very generous of you yeah. to say I get they don't have an off switch because yeah. I don't get I why don't, they I don't, don't either. Have an off well, I mean, you don't want a big like light switch on your forehead. <laughs> yeah. Um, did anybody notice that um, the father and son uh, denim get up? That Timmy is is floor to floor to ceiling <laughs> in did. denim, and yeah. and he also doesn't have as much denim as his son, but he also I think is wearing jeans <laughs> and a denim jacket, and it's like wow, these guys are it's like Levi Strauss and sons <laughs> yeah, over here, the president of Levi Strauss. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering that because he had like a lined thick denim jacket on, and I'm like, he's inside playing. Why why is he this jacket? That's on why right I now? made that no. joke that guess about him putting the jacket on yeah I remember the jacket yeah he's playing with that weird um army doll that like yeah. makes a noise when <laughs> they fun. pick him up for some mm-hmm. reason it all but goes mama yeah. or something <laughs> like that like it's very strange um and then we cut back to the war room and i think this might be the like the last scene we see the general and he gets a i think general google says something like the the projection has finished sir and he looks at this projection of like new york blowing up and he goes my god like <laughs> like i could picture in my mind's eye what would happen if the nuclear device went off in manhattan but what? like this guy he's like bring it up on the computer so i can really like I can really absorb what would happen. <laughs> what what military graphic designer like took the time to make that to be like, okay, well here's option B in case this happens. <laughs> yeah, that guy's sitting at his computer is like, ah, oh, the general wants to see Manhattan <laughs> yeah. blow up. Yeah, it's like, Should it's I be like, concerned? Yeah. So then the jig is up and Eve eight grabs Timmy, who begins and never stops sobbing and screaming. Yeah. There aren't a lot of like um action movies where every time we cut to one of the characters, there is like sort of like um like noise of child like like screaming and whining. Well, I thought to myself when this was happening, I was like, well, never was a tantrum so well-deserved because <laughs> yeah. he's being yeah. carried around yeah. by a woman who is shooting You're people. Shooting people. And, and looks like his mom. Yeah. yeah. It's, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I would be screaming as yeah. well. Yeah. So she runs underground with um, uh, Timmy under her arms and... They want to stop the trains, but it's a taking of Palaham 3 situation and they can't stop the trains. Does anybody remember the explanation as to why they can't stop the trains? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they say the whole system has gone haywired and it's sort of implied that Eve has done it somehow. It's, it's not sort of implied. They the general that. says it's her. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah. But gives no further explanation as to how or No, it's she's very easy to do it, I guess. No, does, she have a, does she have Wi-Fi? Is she internet? <laughs> it's a glimpse into Earth B when we got to see the full movie where yeah. she is manipulating like other machines and stuff like that. Sounds like a good movie. Like the, Maximum Overdrive or something. <laughs> the subway being on does not help her no. in any way. No. <laughs> in fact, it yeah. hurts her. No. Yeah, wouldn't she want it off if she's running through you the subway so, tunnels? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah this, this scene is like, um, to bring up Seinfeld again, it's like that story that Kramer tells where he's <laughs> returning the pants. Yeah. yeah he's like, the very the pants subway. I was returning. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they go after um, her in the subway, and... They don't run into Kramer underground, but they do run into somebody. Does anybody remember who Gregory Hines runs into underground in the subway? An unhoused person. Yeah, like a cartoon unhoused person with like 
He's got like a bottle in a paper bag and like he's got like he all but is wearing like a like a hat on his head with like the top opened or something like yeah. that. Like some like the tramp like style. Apparently this was his final movie. He's in like Blazing Saddles and like a bunch oh. of other movies as like a like a small part, but yeah, his final role was the unhoused person in this one shot of this movie before he passed like oh, no. shortly after. Um, so shout I don't have the name of that actor on hand, but shout out to that guy who got his sag card punched one more time before <laughs> he, he did his final bow. Um, so then we see Gregory Hines on the train track and then Eve eight looks at him and then we get all types of flashbacks of him. Right, we see a car. We see Timmy getting thrown up in the air. I don't know. Yeah. She she projects a lot of her memories onto Gregory Hines. Like again, you see a car. I could imagine that triggering the like um, the car memory. Or you see a little kid. You can like the mm-hmm. like Gregory Hines is like the Uno wild card of like it can trigger any memory. As soon as she sees Gregory Hines, she's like remembering anything that they oh. already have footage of. It's- they have no relationship in this movie. No. At all. No. Like, even even between him and, like, the Eve that is the doctor, the flesh and blood person, like, they have no chemistry. No. They don't he establish has, a race. No they don't like each other. Yeah. yeah. Like, he really has nothing else mm-hmm. going on besides this. Like, no. The only re- thing I can think of is that she's so distrusting of the patriarchy at this point because every single man she's encountered has attacked her, called her a bitch, whatever, that mm-hmm. another man running towards her would activate her. And yeah. I support that. Yeah, it's it's like he, Gregory Hines is running towards her and she gets memories of, like, her seeing David Let um the David Letterman show where he's like tap dancing or like um History of the World Part One or I didn't mention this one of his final roles because he died pretty young he was Big Bill in the Bill Cosby cartoon show Little Bill oh. Gregory Hines was he died yeah, like I remember that show yeah he died like right after it like wrapped up tragically oh. a show that so, has aged very well. yeah, yeah exactly a show that mm. people are it's real zeitgeisty poor children <laughs> yeah um so. Thank God Eve 8 has memories of throwing Timmy because <laughs> she she like puts on her Tom Brady hat right now and like Dr. Eve is like throw Timmy to me and then for some reason again instead of like seeing a car accident she remembers her throwing a little baby Timmy up mm-hmm. in the air and so she winds back and she throws I I wrote down here it kind of looks like um she's throwing like just a hanger with a bunch of coats on it. Like, you know how when you have people over and you have to throw a bunch of coats like onto the bed or something like, yeah, like, so Timmy gets thrown. Um, The train comes over and runs her over, but she's not dead after the train. So that like wasn't important. And then he shoots her and then that's the end of the movie. I said, did he shoot her before the train? Yeah, that was like the reveal. Like it was like he shoots her, and then he ducks down, and ducks down, and mm-hmm. but then it's like the the what do they call that in the movie where they like the bad guy gets up again? It's like they're not dead yet. Yeah, you know? yeah, sort of like yeah, like yeah, a jump like scare sort of yeah. fake mm-hmm. out. Which yeah, I do want to talk for a second about him shooting her because. Again, love Gregory Hines in this movie. He does great. the The movie does nothing for him though. Like mm-hmm. his whole character, characteristic, single personality trait 
is that, and the reason he's brought into this project is because he's a sharpshooter. He has like the best shot. He has really good aim. They, they joke about that a lot at the beginning. It's like, oh, well, it sounds like you're here because you can shoot a gun really well. Mm-hmm. And then nowhere throughout the movie does he shoot a gun really well. Like <laughs> there's no points where that is brought up. That is like he is, his usefulness is brought forward. He fails at the father's home to do anything or to like even shoot the gun. And then when he does finally shoot her in the eye, he has a laser tracker. So like he's yeah. not a good shot. He just yeah. can point a laser. Yeah, I wrote he bravely calls her a bitch, causing her to turn around, and then he shoots her in her other eye. Yeah. And then ending the movie. And then I think if I'm... Well, he doesn't. She she puts the gun through it. Her, through her oh, eye. yeah. yeah I'm, right. I'm still yeah. talking yeah. about yeah. the train yeah. tracks. Yeah. 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 He... I, I am memory holing this. Like, so every time I see Gregory Hines, I'm picturing different scenes from this, like, garbled. <laughs> You're right. Because Eve ends up stabbing her in the yeah. other he eye with her, the she gun. Turns. Yep. With the gun, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, uh, but I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm saying with the gun, not in confusion, because I do know that's the case. But why <laughs> does she do that rather than anything else that she has? Because the first eye didn't work. Yeah, yeah. the uh, eyes apparently so soft that you can just get through it with the stick. Yeah, yeah. the eyes don't have it. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. Did they the say beginning. something in the beginning where like the one eye was better than the other eye? No, did I make that up? Okay. They should have done the um. What they could have done was the old Three Stooges eye poke. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that that would have yeah. been perfect. Yeah. 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 That would have been perfect. Yeah, it's like she, they're about to do that, and then she has a memory of like watching one of the shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she does she puts the her visor, hand up. Yeah. Yeah. So then the movie just sort of ends, much mm-hmm. like the my notes for this podcast. So does somebody want to? Gre- oh yeah. Gregory Hines has a real like Rasputin end to this, where it's like he gets shot, he gets run over by a train, yeah. he's yeah. still okay. You know, he gets up and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two things I wanted to say about this final confrontation. One, this maybe isn't the movie's fault, but the random violence on strangers in the subway. Ooh, yes. I thought yes. Was I so forgot. Upsetting. I yeah. Like like the there's the one scene where the woman is holding her oh yeah i'm glad you brought that up oh my god like (laughs) Like, this is so dark is that child dead yeah i think so because we never go back to it she just says get help get help he never gets help he never he does not get help because there was one scene where like you see like a woman in the background holding an injured child and Mm -hmm. i'm like oh god this is so dark and then thinking they weren't going to go back to it but then they do they address us and they never tell us if that Mm -hmm. kid's okay so upset but they do establish but they do establish that an unhoused person lives down in the subway but why even add a scene where there's a dead child? I don't, I, oh boy. This was not a success. <laughs> like, it's hard for yeah. me to quantify, like, the horrors of, like, a, a nuclear weapon going off. But, like, I don't know, like, a subway shooting is terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that I, on a lighter note, I had to rewind because I was like, where did Billy, like, I thought he got yeeted right out of the movie. Where You like, mean Timmy. <laughs> Timmy, yeah. yeah I don't gets, blame you. He gets like... thrown out. But, like, there is a scene where he sneaks up the steps that the confrontation is happening oh, right yeah. by. So I'm like, he's just gone. He, like, th- she they tells never him to address run. it. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's, it's, so the yeeting happens, then mm-hmm. she tells him to run while we still think that she's dead. So is, she is, in, and then, like, Eve 8 is still alive, mm-hmm. like, with the hole in her eye and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you are right. Again, you're not like me in making up scenes. You are remembering them correctly. <laughs> um... But uh, yeah, do we want to declare the winner of for this week? Yes. So with game. in third place is Steve with three points. Woo. In second place is myself with twelve, and our first place winner is Bob with fourteen. Love it. All right. So I've got um, 
some consolation prizes here. So I went on Gregory Hines' website and I found his recipe for spinach lasagna. Oh, wow. I'm and oh. tried to recreate. I'm I'm sure I'm not as good as Gregory it Hines. It's a but homemade meal. Yeah, very light on in the tomato and basil sauce. But um, for the winner, I um, Bob, I was able to um, call up friend of the show Jim Belushi, and he did doesn't have the tie from Eve of Destruction, but he did agree to give one of his other ties on. So this was one of the ties that he wore on, according to Jim. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, let's see. You, like let's see you tie one. it right now. Yeah, no, I mean, no, it's no. I really tie it, Bob. Don't just keep. I mean, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be uh, really helpful. Um, you, you know, for me as well because the tie says I'm not John. And yeah. I am not John, and so this, you know, this yeah. one makes sense. No, you want to take your gloves off before you tie that? Uh, no, yeah. I think I'll keep them on. No, I mean, no, really I think tie I'll... it, Bob. All right. Well, if you're going to keep working on tying that, um, in the meantime, Steve, would you recommend this movie? Would I recommend this movie? Absolutely not. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is look. It's on the script. I have it, to ask you that. This movie has some of the we we sort of glossed over some of the gross things. This is one of the grossest scenes in movie history. <laughs> that was only met by how weird it was in mm-hmm. terms of its gross. Yeah, I don't think any of us wanted to but, talk about that. Scene. But yeah. Um, no, don't go watch this. There, mm-hmm. there are better movies. Go watch the Terminator. <laughs> go watch one of the bad Terminator sequels, like Dark Fate. Is that one of them? Yeah, Dark know. Unity, Dark uh, Salvation. Go mm-hmm. watch those. They're all better. Genesis, but it's spelled wrong. Mm-hmm. Check those movies out. Mo? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to stay in my soapbox for too long, but I do feel like I don't blame the robot in this movie. She was just... She never asked to be a nuclear bomb. She just kept getting antagonized by terrible, toxic men and reacted accordingly. So I do support her. But overall, I, you know, the more I thought about it, I'm like, this wasn't a, a terrible watch. It did go by quickly. But just going through this game, even, there's a lot I forgot. I think it's just a kind of an unmemorable movie. Like, there's, this is probably our episode where we had the most unanswered questions. Because I think we were all just either forgot things right away um, or we just, I, I don't know. There was a lot that did not make it memorable. There's so many other movies that did this better. Movies that we've watched too. Mm-hmm. How about you, Bob? Yeah, I agree. I don't think I don't think it's a terrible movie, but I don't think there are redeeming qualities enough about this movie to make me say, "Yeah, check it out for this reason." It's like I don't, I can't really pick anything out in this movie and be like, "Oh yeah, this is an interesting thing that you should watch this for." Whereas I feel like a lot of the movies that we do on here, it's like, yeah, you know, it's not very good, but, you know, it's got Stallone being silly. Or it's, you know, it's a, it's a movie, but, it, like, it has this thing that's interesting. It's like this movie doesn't really have much that I would want to recommend about it. Except if you want to just go on and listen to, like, what not to do in your music score. And, like, <laughs> what, to, you know, just some of the weird things that we talked about. If you yeah. want to experience those for yourself, so yeah, it, the obviously as the big bad movie apologist, probably out of <laughs> four people who like bad movies, I'm probably the biggest apologist. The if you want to watch a movie where so many things went wrong, this is like a masterclass in that. Similar to the Saint that we did last time, it's very clear that a ton of stuff was cut out it's very clear that a bunch of people are miscast for this. Mm -hmm. It's got a ton of stuff that doesn't pay off and is not worth it. And it just has a ton of like 
um, unused potential. So um, if you are interested in it as like kind of a, a time capsule of like bad 90s filmmaking, if you're interested in it, um, you, there's not a lot of Gregory Hines movies, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's... I haven't seen a lot of his other ones. If if you if you want to turn on if you like those like bad movies that you can kind of have on TV and not really watch a lot of it, like there's I, I think the the action is pretty good. Um, I think there's a couple of interesting ideas that are like totally not explored. So for if that is all interesting for you, check it out. But yeah, there's definitely in our small like library of movies we've already done this is this ranks pretty low yeah <laughs> so you, ha- far. you have to ask yourself with any of these movies why am i watching this movie because like you know this this movie like i i probably enjoyed watching this movie more than i enjoyed every which way but loose <laughs> because like that movie is like i found that hard to watch at times mm-hmm. like but at the same time, it's like at the very least, that movie is wild and ridiculous, and has a. It's like, yeah, watch this to watch a, like Clint Eastwood and an orangutan. Like, yeah. yeah, like you can at least have that. Whereas this movie, I feel like, doesn't have anything like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we can't recommend um, Eve of Destruction. But Steve, is there anything you want to plug or recommend to our audience? You better believe it. I saw the Errors Tour <laughs> movie yesterday. I thought it was pretty good. Please I know. Help Taylor Swift. Know, she needs more viewers. I know Taylor's down on her luck lately. Well, she <laughs> might cross promote. Maybe down one of her shows, she'll shout out our podcast because <laughs> we shouted out her movie. Yeah. Yeah. 1989 Taylor's version just came out, and it's. I've heard it's doing very poorly. So Ooh. go. Oh. No, it's doing great. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, was, yeah I was confused. It's the number one sell, selling album this year in three days since it came out um so yeah that's it go see that it's fun it's better than this (laughs) how about you mo yeah um i don't know i can't think of anything to recommend that we haven't talked about like go see the terminator watch ex machina watch like good robot movies where they actually have good conversations and that they're kind of memorable where it's just they they take the time to talk about it and have conversations so uh yeah go watch a good robot movie yeah, so Bob, we've been talking a lot about memories here. Can you remember a podcast that might be good to recommend to people? I can remember a few. <laughs> um, uh, so I often plug Mission Rejected on this show. You've heard from its creators recently. It is a great show. Check it out. Great cast, great writing, uh, very enjoyable. I also would like to throw out there that you can find wherever you listen to podcasts, Oops All Bards, an actual play RPG podcast that does what it says on the box. Uh, I play one of the um, bards, uh, as you might guess, uh, who Kelonian Stumps, uh, who is a folksy guitar playing pacifist uh, on that show. And uh, that's a lot of fun. So check out Oops All Bards, where you get podcasts. And as always, we'll ask you, we'll plug this podcast, ask you to rate and subscribe and tell a friend. It really helps out. Also, shout out Dan Killian, who helped me create the music that you hear from this podcast. So do we have a joke to go out on or no? Don't put nukes in your robots. Yeah, yeah. So please don't put any nukes in your robots. Please just fill your robots with podcasts. And our please podcast reach out if you want to buy one of those custom-made signs that says in this household we do not put nukes in our robots. Yeah, oh yeah. Maureen is cross-stitching them as we speak. In a frenzy. Yeah. Um, all right. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.
so I uh, I I rewrote um, the night before Christmas to the eve of destruction. <laughs> so I'll read that. Twas the eve of destruction, and all through the house, not a robot was stirring, not even a mouse. All the snipers were nested on rooftops with care, in hopes that Evelyn Eight soon would be there. Ex-Navy SEALs were nestled snugly in bed with visions of shooting androids through the head. Mm. And even red leather and Greg Hines in a cap dedicated to giving robots a dirt nap. <laughs> when down in the lab arose such a clatter, Eve 8 had gone rogue and wanted revenge on her father for throwing her mother into traffic, it seems, and will murder whenever a certain curse word is screamed. She'll kidnap her son and hold him as hostage while wielding an Uzi and running on wattage. <laughs> Comedically large binoculars watch as she kills people for calling her a biatch. <laughs> Until the final action set piece, which is rather gory, her eye is shot out like Ralphie from a Christmas story. <laughs> Away flew the credits printed in black and white. Happy destruction to all and to all a good night. Yay! <laughs>